Hello and welcome to the Album of the Week Club. Each week we take a look at a legendary album through the lens of three people with differing levels of musical knowledge. Does listening to and analysing albums make us appreciate them more? And will it open our eyes to a whole new world of music? Well, let's meet our hosts. I'm Martin McDonnell and our resident expert in classic rock, alternative and indie music. Basically all the stuff with guitars in them. I'm also a former music journalist who owns over 500 albums on vinyl, so I might just be qualified for this task. Following Snap at my heels is Harry Heath from Sweden. Harry is a big indie head with more eclectic tastes than myself and will hopefully keep me up to date with anything released this century. Hello, Harry. How are we? Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, doing good. Um, actually, better, better weather now. We're in the positives and it's staying there. Actually, it was snow earlier, so what am I saying? But on the plus part, we are mainly in the positives. That's your Swedish web update. And in the darkened corner of the room is a man. <laughs> <laughs> what can you say to that? <laughs> you, you English people like your weather, do you not? No, we don't like our weather. And in the darkened corner of the room is a man who thought I was off to Chester Zoo when I told him I'd book tickets to see the doves. A man who thought bad company was another term for Amazon. <laughs> Up the workers. He's our resident musical dunce. It's David Hello. Wiley. How are we? I'm, I'm, I'm not too bad. Not too bad at all. How are you, Martin? Oh, no one ever asks yeah. you how you are. Keeping busy. Why, Why did you do that? We hear about ours. What's the weather like up in Liverpool? The weather in Liverpool, it's, it's very northern. What does that mean? Oh, it's to windy... Bit cold, bit drizzly. Light drizzly. Yeah. So kind of, kind of the same as down south, then, really. Yeah, I, I really don't. To be honest with you, well, I've been in, in the north five years, close to, and I don't really notice the change in weather that people no. talk about. There, you know, everyone goes, "Oh, the weather's grim up north," as if like the the south's anything to boast about. <laughs> well, you're exposed yeah. to the wind. Have you changed your personal mindset as to what constitutes the South? In um, Where does the South begin for you? The South begins for me in Grimsby. Okay. Um, I can explain that um, because obviously I grew up in Hastings in the South, went to uni in Bournemouth in the South. Um, my dad and uh, quite a few brothers, they live in Lincoln, which is East Midlands. Um, and the East Midlands is defined really as stopping, um, in Grimsby, which is about 25 miles North of Lincoln. Uh That's how it's seen by the people around that area. So I'll go with that. Do you you get any slack? That's a a lot of sound. Do you get any slack for being a Southern man? Up north. Um, yes I, I, no. I, think, I think I think he uh, I think he pretends to be a northern man. <laughs> gets away with it for the most part. <laughs> to be honest with you, I think they have more of an issue if you pretend to be of them. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean, fair enough. That's fair. If, if then you like mocking, you are. Or... No one's got an issue with it. Yeah. You know, the only times you ever really get any issues um, is sort of in my work. You know, in a pub. You know, if you refuse someone or knock them back, it's, are you Southern? You know, are you, you know, 
<laughs> all those kind of words, you know, normally semi-homophobic. Only Southern people refuse me. Yeah. What album have we got this week? Uh, this week, uh, the album is Hypocrisy is the Greatest Luxury, and it's by the Disposable Heroes of Hypocrisy. Oh, well done, mate. You did it. He's, I know, I've been, been practicing. I was week, really struggling on that uh, last episode, and I had to go away and sort of practice... Uh, but yeah, um, it was released in March 1992, and the album actually sold pretty poorly, but was quite the hit. I'm beginning on... to see a trend in all of these because I don't think we've had a single successful album. Well, yet. We will get we've some. We've had a lot of early albums. ones. I have yeah. had a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, there are some proper smash hit albums in there. It's not like they're just all cool. But, but the critics do love an underdog. I think we've just got a habit yeah. of drawing them. Hmm. Um. I mean, the, I suppose the only exceptions to the rules that we've had, I suppose, were The Smiths and Queen. I think both of those were pretty successful albums at the time. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, it's pretty, yeah, as I say, the album sold pretty pretty poorly to start with, but um, it was quite the hit on college radio in America and with critics. Um, yeah. It's quite political and intellectualized on the lyrics, uh, which kind of in contrast uh, with the kind of rise of gangster rap that was happening at the time, uh, which kind of fueled by the likes of Ice Cube, Ice T and Dr. Dre sort of move in towards what they called P, P rap, um, which is a bit more violent in its lyrics. Um, and then, um, cause yeah, it has like songs sort of like going for, going for shock value rather than something clever. Yes. Um, and by extension, the sort of, um, I suppose what we'd consider nowadays to be like rap cliches, like I've got money, I've got bitches, I've got guns, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. That all kind of came out. Martin, of rap. I would like you to release that <laughs> album. <laughs> I've got money, I've got bitches, I've got guns. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically this album is almost at times a response to that world. Um a bit more in common with the likes of Public Enemy, NWA, uh, Grandmaster Flash than it is the latter. Um, I mean, obviously, um, Ice Cube did come from uh, NWA. I want to make sure that yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> he was in, um, but um, as he moved away from that, he his style got a bit more violent. I think it's fair to say. I mean, like Ice T, um, probably best known for the song "Cop Killer." Yeah. Um... I mean, there was like some non-divisive songs on the album first. Like NWA, where was like Express Yourself and stuff like that from Dre. So it wasn't all like yeah. killers and say, gangsters. Yeah, like <laughs> I say, not all of, like I say, these, these rappers that I've mentioned, it wasn't like they were pure gangster rap. Um, a lot of them started um, with songs that were more um, social explorations. Yeah, exactly. But as the kind of era moved along, um, things definitely got more shock value, more violent, more boastful as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then you started getting East Coast versus West Coast rivalries and uh, shootings and deaths, yeah. unfortunately. That's a lot of like accusations like, that of people have drifted away from their roots and yeah. now it's all about the money and not about yeah. like the towns and the oppressed environments that they grew up in. Yeah. Um as I say, it just got a bit nasty, I suppose. A bit nasty. Um, but yeah, uh, the uh, crew in question for this group uh, was fronted by a man called Michael Franci, 
Um, he was previously in a band called the Beatniks, and they were an avant-garde industrial jazz poet collective. Uh, <laughs> quite the uh, description there. Wow. Uh, they basically had a bit of a cult following um, and actually pay, played a John mm. Peel session in the UK in the late okay. 70s. Well, um, yeah. from what I heard, they the, basically were only big in San Francisco and like didn't get anywhere outside of it like critically. That's interesting. They, they were mainly on the San Francisco scene, but they did do a John Peel session. And um, mm. they were very much um, sort of sort of jazz funk, um, but they were also used um, noise um, from items around them. Okay. So they'd use things like buzz saws. Um, they'd like whack you know, metal piping against things to create percussion and stuff like that. So that's what you um, call like a little bit, industrial A little music? bit in line with, um, I suppose, um, a band from, uh, what, once I just don't, don't correct myself here, they're from Berlin um, called Eisbahn. Sorry, I'd have to, <laughs> the, the pronunciation is really difficult. Um, Eisbahn Neubahn, I think they're called. Uh. Someone will correct me on that. Um, but they would like basically have like noise installations on stage. <laughs> like one of their most famous gigs was at the roundhouse in London where they drilled through the stage. Huh. Uh, it's but, music. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, very interesting bands. Do they have to replace the stage <laughs> every night? Um, before they... <laughs> the, it's a bit more of a story to it than that. By yeah, all accounts, um, there was some tunnels underneath the roundhouse which were rumoured to lead to either like a, a vault or um, to one of the palaces or something like that. Okay, so they were like uh, professional criminals they as well. Thought, they thought they'd open this vault up or this tunnel up at the same time as doing the gig. It was really weird. <laughs> and also they kind of like the idea, like they were creating all this noise and all this dust was going up in the air. Um, so the <laughs> audience couldn't see a thing. They're being blinded by the noise almost. And then they just look over and the band had disappeared. They thought that would be quite funny. <laughs> it sort of sounds like um, this was like the <laughs> great final like act. And it was all like leading up to that. The whole like industrial noise stuff. Just like a, <laughs> a yeah, thing that came absolutely before. Absolutely crazy. Um, I mean, but yeah, uh, the disposable heroes of hypocrisy um, supported the likes of U2, Rage Against Machine, Nirvana and Arrested Development. That's the band, not the TV show. Um, so they're kind of seen as a bit more mainstream, a bit, a bit more accepted by a white audience as opposed to the more black audience of the rap scene from which they originated. Hmm. Um, I didn't know there was a band called Arrested Development. I got very excited when I saw it on the notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Maybe you like the show. were a rap group. Um, I think okay. actually... Um, there, there is references to the rap group on the TV show. I would imagine they've made some. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's so many references in that show, like go above oh, and so your self-referential, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but anywho, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's mainly Michael Fanti's like project, but also like there's a guy called Rono C who's like doing drums, percussions, and programming, and apparently he was a dancer. Um, oh, for, from what I can tell, like he only pretty much worked on his stuff and things in the nineties. While Michael Franti has been pretty like 
prolific ever since. Be like after quitting the band, he made another band with what they called Spearhead. Yeah, he wrote a Spearhead, um, and yeah. you probably know him as a guy who wrote the song "The Sound of Sunshine," which is basically like Doesn't the happier version of "The Sound of Silence." Ah, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, as I say, um, a lot of the sound also. Um, sort of inspired by uh, the bomb squad who were uh, public enemies um sort of main for want of a better word sound effects people okay. uh, remix crew so they're the ones who'd kind of create the big industrial layers in the background of public enemy songs because a lot of public enemy weren't really mu- musicians in the greatest sense they were rappers who needed backbeats to rap over yeah i'm getting a sense more like um, this project had actual more like live musicians coming in like a, they have like a jazz guitarist and as well as like some yes. electronic people coming in as I say this is because uh, probably um, the Disposable Heroes kind of stemmed from being a band whereas Public Enemy was a rap collective from the start okay so I- the backgrounds are totally different as I say um, you know uh, Michael Fancy had been in um, the Beat Nicks and could play an instrument, you know, which is a rarity in that kind of field, <laughs> you know. As, as, what? You don't have, you didn't have many rappers who could play guitar or play bass, you know. Mm. <laughs> um, when they do, it's very embarrassing. Quite handy with drum beats and things like that, but um, most of them couldn't play a guitar at a professional level. Have you seen where the um, band name came from? Um, the band name basically um, is a statement about how um, in order to make it in the music industry, you must sell yourself out to some extent, um, thus you're disposable. Um, and the hip hypocrisy statement is also a statement about themselves, um, sort of an acknowledgement that they're having to do the same to even get to the point where they can call other people out. Exactly. Uh, I was going to yeah. uh, pitch that's in the a, quote, but yeah, it's yeah. like <laughs> nobody can do that. <laughs> I did my research. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess it's mainly like targeted at young black people, like the only models are like athletes and entertainers, and they're saying that they're being used by a big corporate system to make money, then they're just thrown to the scrap heap. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, as I say, it's it's kind of, I suppose it's sort of not a hit on other rap groups, but it's sort of saying to the people who listen to those groups, look around you, see what's going on, question things. Yeah, just encouraging critical thinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, in a, in a weird way, um, I'll go into this a little bit more as we go along. Um, but they remind me a little bit in a way of the Manic Street Preachers in you the sense that, that um, they're very literate, um, they're very critical thinking, um, wrapped in a relatively um, straightforward template, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I just have a bit of a hard on for bands that make you think anyway. So, you know, this was actually kind of <laughs> up my street. Yeah. Um, and apparently yeah. he's kept on with the politics ever since you left. Um, like, though, like, he's like stance on 
music's role in politics has changed and he's vessel for how he expresses himself but like he does more yeah. like um reggae sort of styles and jazzy sort of styles nowadays yeah he's still I mean, tackling he's politics next- and he's still like an activist and writes about politics a lot yeah, I, I believe like his next project after this, which was quite, this was quite a short-lived project. This, they only ever released one full-blown album, and then, and then yeah, did they, exactly. another album with um, William Burroughs. Um, but the the project that he moved on to was more of a um, jazz funk outfit. Yeah, so that's spearhead again. He played guitar quite a bit in that outfit. Yeah, uh, he's a pretty cool guy all around. He formed a wish-granting non-profit organization in 2013, Do It For Love. <laughs> Basically, um, it's bringing like individuals who have like faced a lot of trauma, life-threatening illnesses, people like wounded veterans and children who have like very big challenges that mm-hmm. they struggle to overcome, and bringing them to live concerts inspire them to um, to inspire joy and through the power of music, kind of thing. It's pretty damn awesome. Yeah, yeah and I also read he walks around barefoot. Yeah, exactly. In 2000, <laughs> he decided not to wear shoes for three days, and it kind of developed into something else. <laughs> he kind of liked it. <laughs> yeah, he apparently only wears flip-flops and he goes on an airplane or to be served in a restaurant. <laughs> so he's basically a hobbit. Or hippie. That's quite, that's quite that, I mean, that feels like a really eccentric trait, but it's probably not. <laughs> no, it's, it's not really. It used to be normal. It's yeah. probably healthy. Yeah, back in the back in the good old caveman. Right? Back in my oh. days, <laughs> a lot of Australians do it. I know, like Kevin Parker from Tame Impala's always yeah. barefoot. <laughs> yeah, I've seen musicians barefoot on stage before. I know. I always just think like the shit that like, the gigs that I used to go to anyway um, would wind up on stage. But at the end, you know, I really wouldn't want to be barefoot. You know, just the <laughs> amount of like. <laughs> Um, as how you will probably uh, testify as well, like the amount of spilt beer, for instance, uh, that comes at mm. gigs. You know, or the you know the the dreaded warm pint, you know, yeah, flying yeah. through the air, and you, you like feel your back. Yeah, you, you, you give it a sniff, and you go, "Oh, is that beer or is it the other thing?" Let's <laughs> 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 not think about. It. <laughs> yeah, moving on, <laughs> moving yeah. on swiftly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is. Um, Hypocrisy is the greatest luxury uh, by the disposable heroes of hypocrisy. And our opening track is Satanic Reverses. In the 1970s, the OPEC nations began to dominate the world's oil economy. In the 1980s, Japan became the world's number one economic power. In 1989, the nations of Eastern Europe attempted to restructure. While in the United States, Civil rights have collapsed at the hands of fundamentalists and national insecurities at an all-time high. That's on and on and on and on, the ministers of double feet. New meaning of clean that's how to teach us. The stage of foley shampoo of the foul deep greases. Complete Jericho the bitches. Pipe bomb for the NAACP. And I hit 
Uh, yeah, so that is Satanic Reverses. Uh, let's go to Harry first. Why not? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, like this album, I definitely had to listen to a bit more to like familiarize ourselves with what's happening. <laughs> this yeah. is very lyric heavy and very intellectual. Um, but yeah, the- yeah, I I I started listening to this album uh, in the background while I was doing while I was doing some of my freelancing mm-hmm. work. And I immediately realized that that, that was not going to do this time. <laughs> I actually had to, it's just like, oh, I'm going to have to pay attention. To yeah, this, it's I? a whole other beast when you sit down with the lyrics. <laughs> it is yeah. so saturated with contexts and information. And it's so dense, especially this opening track. Mm, like, but yeah, nearly I'm every line to... has something you could like research and analyze. Definitely a great yeah. lexicon on there too. Got some yeah. out there words. <laughs> oh yeah. My main feeling is that it's like a progression versus regression kind of thing. Like we're talking about how things are improving here and elsewhere in the world. Well, basically domestically in America, things are still regressing quite badly. So like the Berlin Wall's coming down, but here in the US we're cracking down on illegal aliens. We're taking away abortion rights, stuff like that. Yeah, basically, it's a straight-up juxtaposition. Um, it's basically saying, look at developing worlds, how the world's moving forward, yet we're still the same cavemen in America. <laughs> kind of like what's um, happened recently with um, <laughs> the protest bans in the UK. Yeah. Um, I mean, the less said about that, the better. <laughs> ah, the but power. Yeah. This song has a hook. Shall we talk about what a hook yes. is? Yes. Because we had a hook before. Uh, the hook's um, essentially like a chorus, but um, in rap they don't tend to use straight-up choruses. It tends to be like a couple of lines that you kind of hook the song around, so to speak. Um, yeah, exactly. Like, like sort a of like the main like two going back. sort of takeaway lines, if you want to call it that. Um, Maybe like so the, the mission hook on statement. This one, yeah. I mean, the hook on this one is bail out the banks, loan art to the churches, satanic reverses. Um, great word, flavor. Yeah, I'm. I'm guessing there's a difference between this and something that just gets repeated in the song a lot. For example, I'm a rock <laughs> or Lap of the Gods or something like this is different. Yeah, that's that's more like a chorus, I guess. Yeah, uh, uh, hook is mainly specific to the rap and hip hop world. It's yeah. Just okay. I mean, you sometimes the terminology they use as well. Yeah, I guess you would say that. That's more like um, modernized. Since like hip hop and rap became like the mainstream culture, yeah. I mean, musically, it's it's very similar to uh, the works of the Bomb Squad and Public Enemy. Um, sort of a lot of scratching going on, um, a lot of sampling going on. Uh, the main um, sample is a Miles Davis piece. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we might get him later kind of on. Got that yeah. kind of jazz feel almost at times to it. Yeah, but it's a lot more developed than like the hip hop I'm used to. Um, it's like yeah. very much uh, live instrumental, like driven as well. Like with some great groovy drums going. Yeah, you can tell yeah. like it's there's yeah. band playing here, and it's not just samples. Yeah, um, I suppose it's sort of the same way that lyrically, it's got a richer lexicon than a lot of um, standard rap. The music's also coming from a slightly yeah. richer lexicon 
than standard rap as well. Yeah. It's a much richer lexicon than your rap, that's for sure. <laughs> Especially the bit about Piss Christ. Yes, I was going to go into Piss Christ. Um, yeah, I suspected you'd <laughs> dip your toes in the Piss Christ. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I've got a fair, a fair little bit about Piss Christ. Uh, yeah, so um, the quote in the song is, Helms said, ban the photo of Piss Christ. It's sacrilegious, not an art piece. While we all try to discern between our cup of tea and what we call obscenity. Um, Piss Christ is an artwork by Andres Serrano. It was created in 1987. Uh, the piece was a photograph of Christ, and it was uh, Christ on a cu- on a crucifix, um, which was then submerged in a Wait, plastic. Sorry, there is there's a photograph of Christ on the crucifix. <laughs> one of a. They've got a photograph of that taken like two millennia. Ago. Uh, no, no, no. Um, just do <laughs> it's like the show devs. Uh, the, the, the 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 artwork <laughs> is a photograph. And the photograph is of Christ on a crucifix submerged in a plastic tank of the artist's own urine. Oh, is that how it's um, pronounced? Sorry? Urine? Urine, urine. urine Either one's u- fine. U- urine, mate? Uh, it's because he, he's from <laughs> up north. They all pronounce oh, it I know, urine. Or is this? We just pronounce it piss. <laughs> Taking a piss. <laughs> um... But yeah, it, it, same as Andre Serrano, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, the piece won the Southeastern Centre for Contemporary Arts Awards Individual Art Award. Um, the event was uh, partially sponsored by the National Endowment for the Arts, which is a um, endowment uh, given by the US government, which is why the piece was so controversial. Um, okay. But- uh, Helms mentioned uh was one of the u.s senators who tried to have the peace suppressed but didn't succeed um incident basically it was um tried to suppressed on the grounds of blasphemy um and public offense um in, incidentally yeah. serrano the artist um himself actually identified as a catholic um and refuted <laughs> any of these allegations of blasphemy uh, serrano's take was mm-hmm. that um what it symbolizes is the way christ died blood came out of him but so did the shit and piss maybe if piss christ upsets you it's probably because it gives you some sense of what the crucifixion was actually like oh nice you know what that's that's true i mean he was nailed on that cross for quite a while he was gonna piss himself they never um, talk about that <laughs> i yeah, don't know why um i mean there's a general phenomenon yeah, where's that in your bible um when when <laughs> nasty fact life unfortunately um or lack of life um is that when you die your body will empty itself but yeah so basically this is a bit like a barber streisand effect like they try to silence it cancel it and it just brought more and more like uh eyes towards notoriety yeah i suppose yeah, yeah. so yeah um, in 2011, a uh, print of the piece was vandalized beyond repair by Christian protesters when exhibited at a contemporary arts museum in Avignon in France. Uh, so it's still causing controversy to this day. Um, and as a little side link yeah. to my favorite band, uh, the Manic Street Preachers wanted this photo as the cover for their 1992 album, Generation Terrorists. Unfortunately, the owner, Charles Sarchi, wanted too much money for it. And in reality, it's quite hard to believe that a major US-funded label like Columbia would have sanctioned that anyway. Yeah. You found uh, another yeah, way to bring um, the Manic Street Preachers in. Well done. Well done. Sir. I know. I was quite pleased with myself. <laughs> um, but like I say, that that's just from like 
two lines and we've already got all that, you know what I mean? That shows yeah. just yeah. how rich a lexicon of language is being used here. And yeah, basically how, you needed an encyclopedia to your left and the lyrics to your right. Yeah. As I say, that's kind of where I feel they've got a lot with, in common with the Mount Street Preachers. I mean, uh, by the same degree, the Mount Street Preachers, their first number one hit, for instance, was a song about um, Welsh freedom fighters in the Spanish Civil War. Um, you know, you wouldn't know that on the picture of it, but, you know, they're, they're the sort of bands that make you go away, research things, ask questions of the world. And, uh, Ooh, yeah, you know, that's a rarity in pop culture. And, and sound good doing exactly. it. Exactly. That's yes. the thing. If you sounded awful doing it, then <laughs> it wouldn't get anywhere anyway. Uh, you know, the sort of subverting culture through the back door. Which I quite like that. So what are you guys' um, like, yeah, first yeah. impressions, like, of his album, like from this track, like different to everything else, or what? You're, you sort of get the impression you definitely think that you're in for some sort of cultural treat. Yeah, you're gonna be shook. <laughs> whether it will be, whether it's up my alley or not, it like I can't deny at this point that I'm not gonna get something out of it. Yeah, there I think that's the thing. Even even if rap's not your thing. Um, you know, wrapped far from my thing, yeah. really. Um, I you, mean, I honestly, there's more to this album than it rap, is. Yeah, yeah. There's lots going on. <clears throat> I mean, even in even in this song alone, you've got that choir style opening yes. and closing, which is yeah, which it's I wasn't just so layered. Mm. Um, I mean, I've got other little bits I pulled out lyrically. This is where my main focus was, by the way. So I'll leave you. Yeah, to talk I mean, about it really has more. to be. That's what the bulk of the content is. Yeah. Um, so uh, ministers of double speak um, was a um, sort of play on a George That's Orwell. George term. Orwell, though. Yeah. Um, who mm. used the term double think in the book 1984, which basically meant uh, knowing but pretending not to, or essentially hypocrisy. Wow. Yeah. There's that word again. <laughs> they really fought out uh, this yeah. project, yeah. <laughs> yep. And then um, sent Joe to the Supreme Court because he made a statement uh, that was about Gregory Lee, Joe Johnson, who was a communist activist who was trialed in the U.S. Supreme Court over burning a U.S. flag during a demonstration in Texas. Uh, this led to the case Texas versus Johnson, a very famous case in the U.S., which basically determined if burning the flag was an acceptable form of freedom of speech. Did it accept it or not? Um, I believe... Um, I mean, all forms of freedom of speech should be accepted. Otherwise, you can't call it freedom of speech. <laughs> I don't believe um, he you, was... You'd have to say freedom but it's of America. most speech. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe um, he was... Sorry, Martin. Um, the end result was him um, being prosecuted. But the fact that it went to trial yeah. was quite a controversy in itself. It's a bit unfair when the whole really of Texas against America. one man. Yeah. Um, and there's also a point, I think, made in this song um, where he was like, um, where he mentioned sort of somewhat that he was inclined to um, be against flag burning, but then he realised that all flags um, are forged in fire. <laughs> um, which basically means that all countries like are basically thought. empires and probably destroyed other races, other people, other countries in order to become the empires that they are. Yeah, that holds. Uh, yeah. Um, anything else to add before we move on to Famous and Dandy? 
like Amos. Have you now? guys? No, I think I said I think. Yeah, yeah let's go. Let's go. Crack on. We got thirteen <laughs> of these songs to get through, <laughs> and some of them are pretty damn long. Famous and dandy like Amos and Andy. Uh, let's go to Wally. Uh, I would say lyrically, it's sort of fairly obvious what they're doing. It's um, it's what we were talking about at the start of the yeah. episode uh, when we introduced them. Why why are they disposable heroes of hypocrisy <laughs> or hypocrisy? Uh, it's it's basically what and they're, they're just saying like, what would we do to get our message yeah. out mm. there? And av- are we going to take it too far? Yeah. Are we going to become exactly that which we protest? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you pick up what uh, Amos and Andy um, title references to? Yeah, they were. A, I think that are they not a radio duo from very early times? Yeah, exactly. Um, basically, it was like an American radio and later a TV series. Um, yep. um, but it was a sitcom that was set in Harlem, which is you know the big historic center of everything like african-american culture yeah i i, w- I would imagine that they are somewhat stereotypical black yeah. people from back then and they're basically and they're selling out on those stereotypes to make it money was created written and uh, voiced by two white actors <laughs> uh, later addition okay. to <laughs> yeah. uh, more black actors when it was a tv series okay yeah I mean, for want of a better word, okay, so I, I got it that was a minstrel wrong, show. Was... <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, so so the main yeah. hook here is we join the Favour of the Month Club. We swallow the Favour of the Month Club. So yeah. it's like kind of talking about the exploitation of um, race and, again, like the yeah. hypocrisy thing we're getting back to all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, in that sense, there's almost a sense that previously white people would take on the stereotypes of black people for entertainment. Yes. But nowadays, black people are just taking on the stereotypes of black people. Yeah. And have we really made any progress if that's the case? So it's yep. just that they're able to step into the shoes now. But the shoes are always been. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think it's um, like kind of as while I was getting up there, it's, it's kind of making the point that at least in the 1930s, you knew who the enemies were. <laughs> um, you know, who the yeah, now it's you know, either the like guys conscious or unconscious minstrel shows, yeah. whereas now it's in plain sight. Mm. 
and the um, people who are like contributing to it not necessarily doing it consciously like it's just like um yeah what is the current trend and what they expected to do even yeah exactly what's the flavor of the month what is the flavor I mean, of the month? Um, yeah there's quite a few things that you said are the flavor of the month yeah i've got it here um i've got a short segment because uh it was that long uh but basically hold our crutch was the flavor of the month i should really stop doing the voice um but yeah holding our crutch <laughs> was the flavor of the month bitch this mm-hmm. bitch that was the flavor of the month being a thug was the flavor of the month um basically i kind of put this as um rap is no longer a means of expressing the social injustices that black and urban populations suffered it's now a part of success through the means of cussing and creating controversy what would your flavor of the month be yeah mine would be pistachio It depends ice cream. What, what, what ice cream? Um, okay, so side story. One of the places that I've previously worked in the past had an ice cream. Here we go, here we go. And they would have a flavor of the month. But we also had 15 other flavors. Uh, pistachio was one of the 15. Oh, okay, flavors. so it was a standard already. So the, flavors of the, the flavor of the month would always be something really weird and out there. I just imagine it being um, a bit like, um, yeah. like if you work in a restaurant, it's just super the like the equivalent of the soup of the day, which is oh, nearly always tomato. Yeah. No, 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 not 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 for the well, not I for this take it seriously. No, it was things like blueberry cupcake, um, uh, merry mint, which is just it's a mint ice cream but with Christmas colours in it. Just, oh, well, merry berry in it. No, I'm afraid not. <laughs> That's next month. <laughs> Oh, I, I, thought holding, I thought holding our crutch was next month's. Uh, no, we haven't done that one. We did have a bitch this, bitch that flavour, though. That was that was not very popular. <laughs> OAP special. <laughs> so it's like uh, another mention of flags at the end. They talk about how he, He's spending all his money on plastic African necklaces and he doesn't know of her colors. Oh, yes. Red, black, and green. Obviously, red, black, and green is like the pan-African flag, also maybe known as the Afro-American flag. It was like created by the Universal Negro Improvement Association African Communities League, which was formed in 1920. Basically, there was a horrible, horrible song called the Coon Song and um, there was a lyric in there that said about how every race has a flag, but that bad word that they used. <laughs> and it was created to bring more like um, power back to the African Americans and their cause. Yeah, sort of. But um, now no one knows what it more means. More radicalized sort of black power movements, really, I suppose. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't got much more in terms of the local context. I think, like Riley said at the beginning there, this one. You don't need to think too much. Yeah, this one's slightly more blatant than others, which use, which you'd have to research on other ones. Whereas this one, it's fairly surface level. Yeah, Definitely. a little bit of knowledge about Amos and Andy would go fine with it. <laughs> yeah, I that, do love how they rhyme Andy with Dandy. Yeah, there's not enough Dandy in today's culture. <laughs> I mean, it still amazes me um, to this day, like that the black and white minstrel show went on for as long as it did in the UK. Like mm. that was still going in the seventies. I mean, how mm. fucked up is that when you think about it? 
you know. Yeah. Like mm. I, I remember watching one of those like, um, like those kind of shows. Or oh, wasn't it awful in the seventies? You know, worst seventies TV. You know, that they they kind of pull out these compilations together of all like the worst clips from you know TV from a certain era. And like, I think it was the seventies one. Yeah. And there's like these black and white minstrels, like trying to grope women and grab their handbags in a tube station. And you're like, what the hell is this? Yeah. That's not aged very well. Yeah. Like, and you, you wonder why, like even now in I think, like I the think 21st the- century, like the world is still so effing backwards. <laughs> People are still raised on yeah. that. I think even even worse than thinking that these shows existed is thinking about the huge numbers of people who would sit in their homes watching it on the television and openly laughing at it. Yeah, and the thing is, because that's most because they, most of these people way. didn't didn't believe these things, like when they watched it, so to speak. No. They thought they were comedy exaggerations. No, they, but the more you see these exaggerations, the more your brain's tuned to actually believe mm. them in a weird way. So, you know, you walk into a tube station and because yeah. you've been seeing that sort of thing on TV, you look at, you see a black guy in a tube station, you go, oh, he's going to nick my handbag. Or, yeah. you know. Like, maybe not even, maybe not that obviously, but you are more aware of it. Yeah. I think you, you know that that's a thing, is black people in tube stations nicking hammers. You're like, okay, so I'll be a bit more cautious. And it's not that you, it like, I mean, some people obviously would actively go, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna defend myself against that." Yeah. But for the rest of them, it's just something more subconscious. Yeah, it's what they call unconscious bias. It's just like you're aware of it. Yeah, I think having that awareness is like not equally bad, but it's still, you know, that's that's a problem. Yeah, and I mean, it's probably one of the many reasons why it's taking so fucking long to get equality again. Yeah, and it, I mean, it should be said as well, just to you know be clear, you know. All three of us are more than aware that we come from a position of white privilege, and Hello. we mm. we have a certain element of hypocrisy is, in saying what we're saying right now because we don't feel the things that these people feel. You know, we can no. empathise, but we can't live it. No, absolutely mm-hmm. not. And these like themes we're talking but, about uh, television. Yeah. This all feels like a precursor to the next song, doesn't it? Yeah, television, the drug of the nation. Well, on a brighter note, commercial break. The government has now banned the carrying of spears. Stop about every thousand miles ain't asking too much, is it? You might wish to uh, stay on and listen. It was a place where everything was legal. I met this woman. So if you're looking for emotional satisfaction, my advice to you is seek professional help. Thank you for joining us live on the air. My pleasure. One nation under God has turned into one nation under the influence of one drug. Television, the drug of a nation, breeding ignorance and feeding radiation on television. The drug of a nation, breeding ignorance and feeding radiation TV. It's satellite links by United States of Unconsciousness. Uh, yes, so that is television, the drug of the nation. Let's go to Harry first. Yeah. So this song was like originally from the previous band I heard, uh, the Beatniks. It was like their biggest project. Uh, the, yeah, that's correct. Like gazed, 
I mean, raised awareness. Um, yeah, pretty amazing bass and drums in this one, I think. Um, the message yep. is pretty clear. <laughs> it's there in the title. Yeah, it's um, also, it, it can't, you can't help but compare it to um, Gil Scott Heron. Um, yeah. So And his song, The Revolution Will Not Be Televised. Yeah, I'm, I mean, in the approach. Yeah. I've actually heard go. that song. I mean, there's so many comparisons in general, but now we're just uh, exactly the same like territory because <laughs> he yeah. obviously does a lot of like jazzy, like uh, spoken word songs, and yeah. that is exactly it's, what um this band is doing. Yeah, exactly. It's like a modern day Gil Scott Heron. Mm. Um, you know, God bless his soul. Um, and I mean. Also, you've got television, the drug of the nation, which is kind of a play on a famous Karl Marx quote, uh, which was uh, religion is the opium of the people. Obviously, oh, yeah. um, it was in German, which yeah. is uh, die religion is das opium des Volks. Um, but um, you didn't need to know that. It's um, doubled with breeding ignorance and feeding <laughs> radiation. Yeah. But basically what it's saying is that um, where religion was the thing, um, you know, two, three, four hundred years ago that was putting the blinkers over the population. Um, now television's taking yeah. that role and it's a even easier drug to mm-hmm. consume and is probably more dangerous yeah. than religion ever was. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the same way that these days, the internet. At least social media creating tunnel vision sort of for politics and mm-hmm. all that. Even yeah. YouTube I mean, algorithms and yep. everything like that. Yeah. I mean, I picked up, like, there's a million and one quotes that we could have um, gone through, <laughs> and our time's limited. We probably um, each have one. As much as we pretend it isn't. <laughs> let's just. Uh, so let's, I just picked up a couple of choice ones. Let's do a ones. couple of your favorites. Yeah. Um, so I've got uh, yeah. why most people think Central America means Kansas, uh, socialism means un American, and apartheid is a new headache remedy. Um. Oh, well, I mean, that one kind of explains itself. Uh, but basically, um, mm-hmm. because on like news, for instance, when they're talking about where something could happen or on the river, they talk about Central America as being the center of the United yeah. States of America. Yeah. Completely forgetting yeah. that the there Rust is Belt, an actual basically. area of the mm-hmm. continent of America called Central America, which is where a lot of the immigrants yep. into America originated from. <laughs> yeah, I think. I'm not sure if Mexico counts as Central America or not, but it's either just yeah, it's south basically of, um, the link of north and north south America, of, so like Belize and Panama, stuff like that. Yeah, um, Honduras mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, those sort of places. Yeah. Um, and obviously, apartheid is a new headache remedy. Um, it's just a, basically a pun on the fact that apartheid sounds a bit like a drug name and drugs <laughs> peddled through television. Yeah. Um, another kind yeah. of irony, I suppose, yeah. in the sense as well that, um, you know, people are looking over at apartheid and thinking it was a foreign problem when segregation was still going on in America. It only, you know, the civil rights movement had yeah. only started really making proper progress in the 1960s mm. when that was segregation was yeah. still happening then. Absolutely. You know, and we're only mm-hmm. less than 30 years on. Yeah. Um, you know, and as we'll go into, as the album goes on, in some ways, the segregation is just a bit more cloak and dagger than it was beforehand, where it is blatant and obvious. You know, um, blacks went to different schools, used different buses, 
um, couldn't drink at the same water fountains even. Yeah, um, and all that from free lines. I mean, it just yeah. felt like a pun to say that Americans say, don't know their geography. So, but, yeah. so loaded, you know. Um, you've got uh, co-sponsored by environmentally safe gashes. Uh, sorry, not gashes. Um, that was a mispronunciation. <laughs> uh, sorry, guys. Um, co-sponsored by one. environmentally safe gases. Watch for the PBS special. Uh, PBS specials were often sponsored by energy companies, uh, which used the kind of um, opportunity um, to recast themselves as being friendly to the environment. Uh, so um, oh, a ad campaign. <laughs> I absolutely hate it when energy companies do that. <laughs> I so really do. <laughs> but one of the uh, more famous campaigns uh, that was going around when the song came out was a campaign by Chevron, uh, the car company, uh, called People Do, um, which basically portrayed Chevron as one of these companies that are doing their bit for the environment while peddling gas-guzzling cars. Mm. Yeah, Chevron comes up yeah. in the next song as well. It's it does, definitely yeah. a big thing. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> final quote I picked out, uh, because a child watches 1,500 murders before he's 12 years old, and we wonder why we've created a Jason generation that learns to laugh rather than to abhor the horror. Ooh, as in Jason, the um, big horror dude. Yeah, Freddy mask. versus Jason. Yeah, um, <laughs> basically, Jason. Jason Voorhees. I, I, I'm not a big horror the, slasher person, so yeah. someone else might have more context than me on this. Uh, but obviously, famous slasher murderer in horror films. Um, but basically, yeah. the idea that um, television has desensitized death. I mean, a kid mm. can watch a cartoon where someone dies. Obviously, it's not portrayed graphically. But the kid knows someone's died. Tom always yeah. comes back. Jerry doesn't kill him for good. That's <laughs> not how it works. Apart, apart from that episode where they both commit suicide together at the end. But that's, yeah, that was a weird finale, I've got to say. That is, that is weird. But, yeah. You know, um, like war cartoons, for instance, were always a big thing, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, there's some really like cool wordplay going on. There's another one like saying pop stars metamorphosize into soda pop stars. And the only cola yeah. that I support would be a union cola that cost a living allowance. Yeah, that's a really good line. Like, <laughs> I, I just love the wordplay in that. Yeah. And, you know, who the hell even, like, is able to pull that one out? You know what I mean? <laughs> cola yeah. abbreviation, cost of I payment mean, allowance. I, I, would, I would argue strongly that a lot of people listening to these songs aren't picking up on the majority of no it's it's as i say these um, are so um a bit like the man street preachers in the very early years it's so weighty um and the kind of the way it's been done is in the hope that if one or two lines get through then that's that's great yeah you know? well, we're doing like yeah. an album a week and a week does not feel like yeah. enough to like uh divulge no, into all of no. these um. <laughs> we could really really go in deep yeah. on this um, I mean, musically, yeah, this is, kind of this the is same actually going to be really, a two-part episode. Mm. I don't think it changed the, the music changes too much from the template that we've had before. No, it, the music's fairly samey. Um, one thing I've picked up on is that all three songs so far have started with something interesting and yeah. different. Yeah. So, Satanic Reverse was the sort of holy choir. Yeah. Uh, used in an ironic manner, I suppose. And yep. Famous and Dandy started with a sampling from the original Amos and Andy. Yep. 
presume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Correct. Uh, and then this one started with a few different televisions and the idea that you're yeah. channel hopping. It's like uh, creating a narrative almost. Um, yeah, and that does that does carry on in the album. Um, but they always they always do something a little interesting to introduce the song, which I think yeah, like set the stage almost. And you sort of oh what's the, oh what is this? Uh, yeah, it's like um, uh, a statement of intent. Yeah, when they start each one, they just you're just like okay, so this is going to be about <laughs> television, or oh, this is about Satan. <laughs> you were one or the other. <laughs> you want to pull it in those simplistic yeah. terms? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> basically, it's it it's it's a way yeah. of them saying. Right, we're going to get your attention, and we're going to hold it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, anything else to add? Uh, worth mentioning as well. I was just going to say it's probably worth mentioning. This one is, I think it's the only one in the album that was released. Yeah, you're as right. A single. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, so this this is the. Yeah, he even made like NME's yeah, list of 500 album. greatest songs. It's like indeed the, it is biggest uh, take from this yeah. album for sure like the most famous one and probably yep. the most critically applauded one yeah especially in the uk um and on college radio which um in america kind of follows the template of indie radio in the uk mm. um yeah. but basically i think that's probably it partly in somewhat way probably because of the gil scott heron connection um like yeah. the like the people who are writing for enemy at that time, was still there's still quite a lot of holdover writers from the late seventies, so they would have recognised something in common there, and uh, they would have championed that. And it also feels like basically the band owes their entire success to a song, and because it came from the original band, the Beatniks, and that's what that's gained correct, their yeah. popularity. And then this is obviously the biggest single for this album, so it's like this song yeah. pretty much is what they owe their whole career to. <laughs> Yeah, but by the same degree, um, correct. You can correct me if you disagree. But this doesn't tower over the album. No, it doesn't. It's it's a great no, song on a, so on the album. Don't get me wrong, but it doesn't. Um, for want of a better, uh, like when we were talking about, say, like the Kinks, um, and and that song, you know, Waterloo Sunset, sort of towered over the rest of the album. Yeah. Or I suppose with. Um, sheer heart attack you had uh, Killer Queen yeah that sort of this doesn't feel like that this feels mm. of the album yeah it doesn't have a life of its own so much like no some great force which you just can't help but separate from the album itself yeah this feels very of the piece yeah just like a sneak peek really if you're just yeah. looking at it as a single album. yeah but as I say like Lyrically, it's just so, 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 so dense. Like, race baiting is the way to get selected. Uh, fast forward <laughs> culture where straight teeth in your mouth are more important than the words that come out of it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. It's like every single song. So, <laughs> do you think we should get moving yeah. on to the next one? Maybe I could read that. I say because these songs yeah. are so dense at this point, like, I could read out the whole thing, you know. Um, word of the day. we haven't got the time so let's just move along yeah. to uh, language of violence
school was always the hardest The first day of school, the hallways, the darks like a gauntlet The voices haunted, walking in with his thin skin, lower chin He knew the names that they would talk to with faggot, sissy, punk, queen, queer Although he never had sex in his 15 years And when they harassed him, it was for a reason And when they provoked him, it became open sea Okay, yeah, so that is language of violence uh, Go on, Wiley Go on. Um, Go on. Yeah. I at, at this point, I started feeling that the album was becoming a bit samey. Right. I didn't... I wasn't... It, this one didn't resonate me with me quite as much. Uh, Do you mean musically sure or lyrically or um, both? I, I, couldn't, I couldn't drag out as many lyrics. I got the idea that this was about, like, abhorrent usage of uh words and all of that um but it it, i think it dragged a bit this one yeah i I think it's about um homophobia and how um you know obviously kids don't really understand what they're saying but these words have venom in them yeah exactly but it also tastes like uh quite narrative i I can i can i can see where i I can see how i got from that to language Actually, like yeah. it, it starts telling a story about um, the creation of sort of like a mob violence that comes from this like um, playground origin. Then eventually, exactly, we have a death. Then we had a family mourning it. Then we have imprisonment of one of the people who was involved in a mob beating. And then the tables yes. are turned, and he's raped in prison. Yeah, so uh, yeah, um, it, I mean. <sighs> It's one of these. It's it's dark. It's um, a little bit more impenetrable than perhaps the first three songs, um, mm. because it's there's a lot on the surface. Um, but it, I mean, it's very commendable. Um, it must be said that um, in 1992, when this came out, hip hop was extremely homophobic. Yeah, um, mm. and misogynistic as well. Um, you know, um, it's, it's one of the great ironies, I suppose, um, that, you know, you had a movement that was pushing for the rights of people of color, um, but by the same degree was dismissing, uh, people of different sexualities and women and their role in society. The problem was that. It was largely um, confrontation on sort of like a back and forth, like interactions between different rappers and different groups and different gangs. So it would be sort of like an us and them sort of thing, which is what led to sort of like homophobic talks to try to reduce the other people. Yes. But I mean, even now, um, I mean, most famously, I suppose... um, it's a bit obviously a bit of a council culture going on at the moment. Um, and one of the main sorts of names within the, uh, rap, you know, uh, area that's getting called out a lot at the moment is Eminem. And, you know, his use of the word faggot is, um, pretty famous. Hmm. Um, and yeah, that's something that he's had to defend throughout his whole, um, career. And, um, you know, and the, I don't agree with his defense of it, to be perfectly blunt. Um, his defense is that he writes in a character when he uses these terms. 
Uh, So he uses the Slim Shady persona, which is someone who is um, a deplorable person. And when he writes songs as himself, he doesn't use those words. But then by the same degree, he has used uh, the term faggot um, in reference to song it in songs that reference his personal life and his marriage to kim his uh, the mother of his children so that you could argue the lines are very blurred yeah i've hardly kept up his career like yeah. since the early 2000s and all that but i did happen to check out his latest track and it's called tone deaf and i yes. think it's based on that like he's being called tone deaf and or he's trying yeah. to say that people are tone deaf for not realizing it's, what he's um, trying to say it's sort of just like I've a bigger battle song, to all this. But I've I've read up some of the lyrics because obviously it's a bit of a news story and it is his basic slam back against um, yeah. him being called out in this cancel culture. Yeah. And of course it like creates a big following of people who who wants to think the same. Yeah. Um it should also be mentioned, in all fairness as well, um, that it wasn't just um black urban music that had a homophobia um issue. Um, rock music definitely had a homophobia issue. Indie music definitely had a homophobia issue as well. Hmm. Um, you got like but, any cases in point for, or just in general? Um, yeah, I, I can definitely. Um, I mean, like bands like um, again, I'll use the Manic Street Preachers, uh, Suede in the nineties, um, even Bowie as well. Um, oh, really? Adam. Adamant, um, and Boy George, I suppose is a good example. Um, you know, there was that whole kind of thing, uh, where he, he dressed, um, in a, in a androgynistic fashion. Um, and he was openly, um, kind of pushed by the press to come out, oh, okay. um, as yeah, a result, treatment or- uh, because he wasn't publicly out okay. for a long time. Yeah. Uh, same with yeah. George Michael, I suppose as well where his um, music was very pop and he was sort of pushed by the media to come out. Obviously he came out because of an entrapment situation with the police, uh, but it was kind of an end result of a long campaign by the press to out him. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother talk about how the media can approach on people's private lives yeah. and just want and to it should get every said, single detail uh, out there aired for the public. Yeah. And it should be said that both of those artists, although they had personal issues, um, neither of their careers were ever as strong as before they came out publicly. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, both as I say both of them had problems in their personal lives, but I mean, yeah, you can, you, you know, if you looked at the point they came out and where they were in the charts, and then where they from that point on, you know, even George Michael, who was a superstar. He wasn't the same level of superstar after that. And I know obviously he had his issues with drugs as well, but you know, all the same. Um, so again, I think it's only um, now that that sort of uh, conversation is changing a little bit. Yeah. Right. Again, the song has like pretty amazing lyrics. It's basically encouraging people to be more free in their thinking and not using like repressive words yeah. that are based on people's identities and yeah. uh, yes. orientations, like a big uh, part of it saying, but dehumanizing the victim makes things simpler. It's like breathing without respirator. 
it eases the conscience of even the most conscious yeah. and calculating violator. Words can reduce a person to an object, something more easy to hate, an inanimate entity, completely disposable, no problem to obliterate. Yeah, exactly what you said. <laughs> it's just, yeah. you know, boiled down. It's just a very, very um, strongly narrative story about hate speech. Um, and it, as I say, I think it's very clever that um, instead of it being about hate speech directed at uh, the urban population, it's directed towards uh, the gay population because that was something mm. that was so rarely done in that genre of music. So yeah, it, it feels makes like it really it's been flipped out. over, like possibly as the urban yeah. population is suppressing um, another. A bit like, and, yeah, and again, a bit like Amos and, um, and Andy, uh, that song, that is, um, it's sort of putting a bit of bait out there on, you know, his contemporaries and saying, what the fuck are you doing here, guys? You know, come on, step <laughs> yeah. up. Let's change yeah. this, you know. Yeah, it's also encouraging yeah, people exactly. just to be themselves. Like, there's a big, like, rebuffle of mob mentality. And one of the big yes. takeaways is they're saying that individuality, individuality is nowhere if you're, like, part of a mob. Yeah, you know, let's let's promote free thought. Yeah, boy. Uh, shall we move on to the winter of the long hot summer? Might as well. Mm-hmm. It all seems so idiotic. All the accusations of unpatriotic. The fall will always remember. Capitulating silence, election November. Before the winter of the long, hot summer. Somewhere in the desert, we raised the oil pressure and waited for the weather to uh, Yes, that is winter of the long, hot summer. Uh, let's go, Tammy. This song is crazy long. It's eight minutes. Um, yes. And it especially feels that long because it's got like a it, yeah. lot slower delivery compared to the other ones then. I mean, yeah, it's called it, a winter, it, the long, hot drag. summer. It, 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 even yeah. the title in order to say it's pretty damn long. Yeah, it, 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 this is the first one to really drag, I think. Yeah, um, I feel it, like it's not to say there's not interesting the bits album to it. Down, maybe? Yeah, it feels like the momentum slightly gets lost because of this song. And that's not to say there's not, you know, there's definitely things that are interesting in this song. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Could it have been, could it, could it have been condensed down? Probably so. Yeah, definitely. Um, what um, are we getting here? Like, it's a lot of like politics going on here now. Um, like, yeah. Um, current I mean, events, like wars and uh, yep. oil influence. Stuff like that. Yeah. It's a, for, it, for me, it's a very, obvious statement about um eastern um politics you know, mm-hmm. you know the arab states um you know it's you know the, the the kind of classic classic commentary really i suppose you know about uh the u.s going over to the likes of afghanistan um in the name of war but then taking the oil instead yeah so, um, Wiley, you were saying that a lot, the last track was kind of losing you. Is, is this one losing you more? Or? Interestingly, I found this one slightly more atmospheric. Okay. It's certainly slower, but there's 
there's a real seriousness to it. It's, it seems more sample based, like rather than a live instrumentation that's been popping up. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like it that much, but I, I sort of got it a bit more. Um, did anyone? Uh, I can pull a few lines up, but um, did anyone? Would Would anyone get what uh, they mean if I were to read the line that our representative were Millie Vanillies? Uh, go on then. Uh, uh, no, I mean the album came out the same year I was yes. born. So, um, you know, I wasn't fully aware of the geopolitical no. situation. I mean, this was the Gulf War. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. um, the for once of a better expression, the Iraq, the Iraq War was the second Gulf War. Mm. Um, That's yeah. Bush 2.0. Yes, uh, both uh, Bushes <laughs> were the uh, instigators. Just, uh, <laughs> just weird, that, isn't it, really? <laughs> Uh, lights on. Hmm. Like knobbed, like knobbed. But um, oh, yeah, same talk. Yeah. Um, you know, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Twat. Uh, but um, yeah, the representatives to uh, Millie Vanillies. Um, basically, Millie Vanilli were a um, sort of soul pop outfit uh, duo. Um, most famous because they won a Grammy Award, and then it was later um, found out that Millie Vanilli. Uh, didn't actually sing or perform on the record that won the Grammy. Um, they were basically two male models who were basically the public face of a studio project. Oh, wow. Um, and I hope they didn't they have to perform at the One of the few artists who've ever been made to give back a Grammy. Mm. Uh, so Usually people want to give them back. <laughs> Basically, you know, like there's yeah. a lot of devaluation on the Grammys, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think they give out too many Grammys. I think it's the main. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the main thing leveled at them is like you get sort of seventy plus categories. Each Why year. do I have so I many think, Grammys? I think the the the, the issue with the Grammys, <laughs> yeah. as much as anything, is that one of the biggest issues is that in the main categories, there's not enough representation. Yeah. Um, and the way that the Grammys sure. over the years has tried to um, combat that, instead of making putting more nominees from other backgrounds into the main categories, they've yeah, just they've created, created more diverse categories. So yeah. they have like the best Latin American, yeah. the best uh, black R&B, you know. Instead yeah, of saying it. that, you know, Latin American music and black R&B music mm. is as legitimate uh, an art form as mainstream pop by a white girl. Um, you know, they have to even, put everything yeah. in different categories and that's half even your problem. Even on a basic level, mm-hmm. don't they have like best song and also best track? Yes. I mean, what's, what's the difference? <laughs> As I say, it's, it's, <laughs> but what you've got to remember is that uh, the Grammys um, are funded and sponsored by the record industry. And, uh, Having a Grammy um, tends to help the sales of your album. So the more Grammy awards that can be handed out, the more record companies have got to promote the artists on their labels. You know, one and if hand you don't win the one, other. then you should be doing Kanye and just get your face on the TV anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or hold your own awards. <laughs> or just spend 20 million focus. on a Super Bowl. 
with black jackets, <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, so basically when they're saying our, our representatives were Milli Vanillis, basically what they're saying is the politicians who were making the case for going over to the Gulf regions uh, were puppets. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I was like, Absolutely. the Bob Dylan song, Masters of War. So, uh, uh, yeah, I suppose it is, yeah. Um, I hadn't thought about that. Um, but yeah, now you say it, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, there's again some cool lyrics for want of a better word the French Foreign Legion imperialism Peter O'Toole and the Ayatollah uh, were what we're all taught in school um, I don't know enough about mm-hmm. Peter O'Toole to, to talk about that one but French Foreign Legion um, is he not the actor who played Lawrence of Arabia <laughs> oh yes that's, that's right it, yes. yeah, that'll do it. I, think, so I think that's probably basically what yeah um, and French Foreign Legion again sort of similar thread uh, would go into the Arab states and take on the Muslims, for want of a better kind of expression, in the name of religion. Yeah. Uh, the religious crusades. Uh, sort of the same with the Ayatollah. Um, obviously, were somewhat radical Muslims, but um, by hating the Ayatollah, it was brooding um, hatred towards the Muslim um, religion in yeah. general. And um, Yeah. Obviously, um, these reports are still what we learn in school. Stuff nowadays. Yeah, and what they're saying is basically yeah. that's what we learn in schools, as opposed to not the fact that we gave Saddam Hussein five billion US dollars, um, and not that we um, fell in. You know, the US fell into bed with uh, Syria, and that's you know the US fueled the religious situation in Palestine. Mm. Mm. You know, they're not the things that are taught. The things that are taught is who to hate. Yeah, so so they're taking things overseas, yeah. but the finger is definitely being pointed very domestically again. <laughs> yeah, um, again, um, it says here, um, another line, uh, they said 80% approval, but there was no one that I knew polled. And that was the supposed approval rating um, in favour of the US going into the Gulf War. Oh, yeah. But obviously but the polls only went among politicians. That's basically what he's getting at. Yeah, it doesn't represent the actual yeah. American uh, demographics. Doesn't represent the people. Yeah, people. Yep. Um, and then a lot of this—this yeah. this was probably one of the first wars to really be in the twenty-four-hour news generation. So yeah. you know, it, these were being literally broadcast live twenty-four-seven. You know. Um, which is where we've got the lines. We saw the bomb hole. We watched the Super Bowl. We saw the Scud missile. We watched the Bud commercials. We saw the yellow ribbons, saw pilots in prison. We never <laughs> saw films of the dead. Yeah, the whole American bombast that goes along with it all and how it's all just like yeah. covered up in sort of like football analogies or whatever, which is another yeah. little song. <laughs> yep. As I say, um, basically, you know, although you know, everyone was watching this on 24-hour news channels. It was only what was considered fit for public consumption. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd never see dead Syrians on the floor. You know, still no. t- still to this day, you don't really see that. Yeah, but they're touching um, it again. You, know, you, you, you might wonder if what we're doing is a good oh, thing. Oh, we yeah. The you bad don't see, guys. you know, you don't see <laughs> yeah. the on-the-ground oh. effects of a drone missile. Nah, there's another look. It goes, the pilot said their bombs lit Baghdad like a Christmas tree. It wasn't a Christian thing to do, you see. They didn't mention any casualties. Exactly. 
you know, when they show the footage on the TV, you just see the flashing lights and the smoke clouds. Um, you know, and we're yeah. told that it's bad guys. Yeah. And then maybe in the small print, you might hear 50 civilian casualties. And that's um, normally presented as a necessary action. Mm, and we talk about extremism yeah. very much in today's culture. Yeah. But I mean, even when um, we think about of, um, like um, places like Iran, Iraq, if you get down to like for normal people on the streets, generally normal people for the most part, it's just exactly. um, yeah. we color it black and yeah. white. If you go to Jerusalem, yeah. of course, it's like some bad areas, but there's lots of people just holding normal businesses just want to live in peace <laughs> of course yeah exactly i mean and you can say the same uh, say the same about any number of countries it's sort of like saying that if i walk down the average street in the uk that i'd meet a member of the bnp no <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it doesn't work like that well you 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 wouldn't meet the bnp anymore they're sort of most oh, right, edl or whatever so. the equivalent is but <laughs> you know they keep rebranding yeah i wonder so, why you know what i mean there's a there's a population that are out and active like that but you'd be very unfortunate if you walked down the street and bumped into that yeah but yeah. by the same degree of course you know i've again i have to say i'm not of the background that would come into trouble with those sort of people mm. so we don't see you as much um, as others would for sure well of course mm-hmm. um i mean going back very quickly to uh television the drug of the nation um there's a um, line in there um, where they say um, the uh, killing of um, our own forces is now uh, categorized as friendly fire. <laughs> um, again, sort of goes off on the same theme here, isn't it? You know, if, if your own troops die, it's friendly fire. It's not, you know. Tragedy of war. No. It's covered yeah. up in a friendly rhetoric. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, anything else to add on this one? I think we've really, really covered this one. It's get, this is getting heavy. <laughs> this was the other song we yeah. mentioned, Chevron. Oh, presumably their intention. Yeah. Um, the highest costly earnings in 10 years were posted by Chevron, who, um, um, I think I was wrong, actually. I think I said they dealt in cars. I think they deal, deal in oil. Yeah. Actually. Basically, um. The double level went with like, it was saying oh, about how yeah. the Bush administration had announced a recession whilst this was happening at the same time was the oil giants, which was largely influenced politics and of course things that govern our lives. And if we were American, uh, having yep. a heyday at the same time. Yeah. So basically, you know, um, kind of, I suppose going back on a back cycle, um, very slightly, um, when they're talking about politicians being puppets, they're puppets to the oil industry because the oil industries um, were able to have so much influence because they are the ones who are funding, um, in particular, the Republicans um, in order for them to get election. Mm. Same with uh, NRA Sorry. as well. It's yeah, been National like, uh, like Obama yeah. says, like his biggest regret was how he wasn't able to get any further with the mass shooting problems and the big... Yeah, um, same with big tobacco. Um, fast food even, you know. Smoke. Um, yeah. Whenever um, people put in um, public health initiatives in America, there's always backlash because fast food has such a stronghold over US politics. Um, you know, the likes of McDonald's, for instance, um, and Burger King mm. are quite strong funders of US politics. 
Yep. It, it's it's all very messed up. Yeah. We shouldn't let those things blend. Yeah. Next track. Um all right, let's move let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh this is hypocrisy. It's the greatest luxury. I wonder where we've heard that phrase before. <laughs> Complex. We don't make the time to stop and reflect. I know from first-hand experience, one can go delirious. Seriously, it can't be like that. Okay, yes, yeah, so that is hypocrisy. Is the greatest luxury. Um, let's go to let's go to Wiley first. Did you did you say Wiley? You were correct. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's right. It's it's again what we were talking about at the start is um. You know, they're fa- if they're if they're famous artists can they do that without being hypocritic yeah it's all of being that's the word isn't it yeah it's a it's a crisis of self in a way isn't it it's saying you know we want to do these things we want to call out injustices we want to call out um our contemporaries but in doing that doing that makes us hypocrites what are studio an album label once yeah yeah you know we've got to do things to get to the stage where we can do these things yeah um i I don't know if they touch on it in the song or not um presumably they sort of get to it but they have to work hard to make uh social issues bankable yes in a way uh and that's something that's I mean, that's happening quite a lot recently is that sort of wokeism has now become really uh, popular. Yeah, it's sort of so become you're, you're fashionable. All, yeah, yeah it, fashionable is a much more cynical <laughs> term for it and I, I am here for it. <laughs> um, but that, I mean, that's how you get all of these sort of, uh, I mean, you, you, uh, the film Black Panther, for example. Yes. You wouldn't, that film just wouldn't have been made 10 years prior no, of course no, not. It's a product of the um, and it was it was a very it was a very good film um but it's still sort of drenched in that cynicism uh as much as it tries to avoid yes. it. yeah it's also like in wow. the final avengers when there's like a whole like tiny section where it just shows all the female heroes lined up together that it was, just feels yeah that's too that, obvious that and on the <laughs> i mean you can just like, like tokenism here yeah. but when you're watching it you can just tell like the producers wanted this to show this yeah. yeah, I mean, absolutely. as I say, in in the cin- cinematic worlds, uh, that's I, I don't know enough to kind of have strong comment. Um, but I suppose it's sort of similar tokenism to say um, panel shows and when they have to put, yeah, um, you know, a um, female comedian and a comedian um, of Arabic of origin, color. yeah, or color, um, yeah, and unfortunately. <laughs> That that's absolutely fine. I'm all for more representation in comedy, mm. but it just tends mm. to be the same faces. Yes, it, it it's, it's like, um you know it always ends up being a safe face. Yes, um, and like you because you already had those. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, we'll just use those people yeah. more often rather than opening it's up. Often the yeah. same in sport, I mean, where like it's like it's a pretend. female presenter is used, but 
it's not necessarily based on yeah. how great they are. It's often based on how nice mm, eye candy they are. Their frontages, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Um, I it, suppose within it, the comedy it, at that point. It, sorry, I was just going to say at that point it becomes about ticking a box with their audience. Yes, of course. Almost, they're saying, "Oh, yeah, they've got a female chicken." Okay, good. They're, 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 yeah. Rather than, and it. Like like we said earlier, it become it just becomes the cycle of the same people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Again and again, and rather than the thing is actually showing any diversity. Yeah, and in in a funny way, it it completely defeats the purpose because the purpose Absolutely. is to get new voices and a bit, better mm-hmm. range of voices out there by putting two people from a different background in there. You're just getting two people's voices. Yeah. Um, over and over again. Um, I mean, it's like a, almost a running joke now in TV panel show comedy or, um, you know, TV comedy, um, that if you want um, a person of colour, of, um, you know, that background, you, you, you know, you get Nish Kumar or you get Romesh Randanathan. And um, Nish Kumar, or pretty yep. much every time he's on a panel show now, he just goes, I'm only on here because they couldn't afford Romesh. <laughs> you know it's like it, it's even yeah. even they're aware that they're just turning into the whole argument of representation on these shows is turning yeah. into a joke in itself yeah yeah uh musically and speaking and the delivery of this song it's like we finally got some energy back it's we're breaking yeah, it's you really up fast, it's like, isn't it they're literally yeah. saying go 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 <laughs> Yeah, after the yeah, long, yeah. I mean, hot summer, whatever it was, it was like eight minutes long. It was like three minutes, and it's yeah. definitely like bringing back life to this album. Yeah, as I say, I don't, be honest with you, like I think this is the fastest that he's delivered. You know, rhymes. Yeah, this it is basically you know, rapping. He's been yeah. compared to a lot of rappers, um, of you know, of the kind of, I suppose, the modern era, really. You know, Eminem, for instance, is very well acclaimed for how fast he raps. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Michael Franci has been quite slow so far in his deliveries. He want he wants you to listen to the lyrics exactly. I think um, well, rather this than is more, enjoy the sound of it. Yeah, this is more kind of um, modern rap here, I suppose, in the sense that it's mm. how you know um, how fast can I get this across. Um, yeah. you know, and that's kind of considered a talent within the rap world. I, I'm one of these, I prefer to take it slower and take in what's going on, but that's just me. Yeah. But that's maybe why we're not yeah. talking about the lyric so much because he's going through them so fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the things I did pick up on, um, on the second verse is, uh, the lyric, the bass, the treble doesn't make a rebel having your life together. Does. Oh yeah. I love that one. It really like stands out. It's great. Um, like, cup I suppose the- kind of. Yeah, that sort of goes into this kind of hypocrisy kind of discussion where they're basically saying, you know, if we were really about the message, would we even be doing music? Mm. Yeah. That's what it kind of feels to me, you know, like the real political warriors are out there in the political world. They're not out there in the music world. Yeah, I think I think I disagree with him on that, to be honest. I think if you're in the entertainment world, you've got a wider platform to spread. Yeah, yeah, you've got a platform message. to say things. So, but yeah. at the same I mean, degree, I, I could how seriously can you that. be taken? Yeah, 
Um, it's also paired with yeah. these for double standard. Like for me and Lyric, uh, hypocrisy is the greatest luxury. Yes. It's kind of like talking about how um, a lot of people will bring up these um, points and not actually do it, like any shit about it. It's like hip to talk about yeah. um, raising more ethical things. But when it comes to actually improving I mean, things, also, it does shit all. It's the flavor yeah. of the month. I mean, this is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is also probably the first look inwards at the artist as well. Mm. Like, yeah. I think everything else has been going at other targets. Um, yeah. Whereas there's even lines yeah, there's, there's, that are about the artist as a person. Yeah, there's a bit, there's quite a bit of insecurity on display almost. Yeah, yeah. It's been very frank yeah. with the listeners. Yeah. It also I mean, tackling the entire instance, industry. Um, yeah. Um, but he's doing it through himself, if you get what I mean. Mm. It's like, yeah. you know, he's attacking others, but, you know, he's taking the biggest blows almost. Um, you know, like there's a line, for instance, um, we can imagine a perfect society, but can't maintain a decent relationship. And I don't get the impression he's talking about the wider world on that one. I think he's talking more about himself. You know, he's basically saying, look, look, um, there's a song that comes along later in the album that really goes into this. um, Basically, he's saying, look, I'm preaching about, you know, wider politics and this, that, the other, but I can't look around though. I can't look properly after those who are closest to me. So I'm a fucking hypocrite as well. Yeah. yeah, another great lyric is it's tough to make a living when you're an artist. It's even tougher when you're socially conscious. Careerism, careerism, yeah. opportunism can turn the politics into cartoonism. Yes. So you're just doing it to be trendy again. And it's just like saying yeah. catchphrases, whatever. You're not yeah. like really having your own identity. You're not actually standing for yeah. what you're really believing a lot of time. You're just saying the buzzwords. Well, I think... Um... This is quite a fair point to make. And obviously this is more after the fact. Um, but you look at the sort of contemporaries, if you want to call it that, um, or the predecessors for the disposable heroes. I suppose the big two names are Public Enemy and NWA. Mm. Um, and if you look at kind of where they sit in the kind of cultural um, scheme of things nowadays, um, you know, the biggest kind of cultural dent they've had in the, you know, last few years, obviously the band aren't a going concern, um, but it's probably the straight out Compton film. Yeah. And uh, the upcoming NWA documentary slash biopic, mm. like they're becoming part of this wider kind of world um, of sanitizing and biopizing um, <laughs> musical culture. Yeah, know, so that'll be their legacy become, rather than what we actually They've created. become, you know, like the rap equivalent of Rocket Man and Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, <laughs> where everything gets diluted down into an entertainment format, you know. And this was a band, you know, that in the 80s were singing Fuck the Police, um, you know, 911 is a joke. And suddenly they're out there, you know, as a subdivision of Warner Bros. Entertainment, you know. Um, yeah, and yeah. there's a sort of, you know, kind of messed up thing about that. You know, the message is so sanitized now. 
that they've just become something that you could put on a t-shirt um you know it's it's, it's crazy yeah obviously we're all just like kids in compton and compton is still like a very much like economically um, downtrodden community i mean that community still yeah. stands exactly as it was and they were always talking out about it and now they're living in mansions whatever and a businessman yeah 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 well yeah exactly i mean, I mean most of nwa and public enemy um you know quite a few of them become actors um you know yeah. is that actors with uh inverted commas is that well for instance ice cube yeah oh, okay. 21 jump no, he's street a good actor. Yeah. that's fair enough all right yeah um yeah but <laughs> shall we move on before this uh goes on to you much longer uh yeah okay yeah fine. <laughs> what have we got next um i was gonna try and defend i was gonna try and defend rocket man but i just i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> you can't really amount no. plausible defense um, as i say I've, I've i can't say that i've watched rocket man per se but what more, more what i was guessing at is if you haven't seen it how do you know that it trashes his past the news i didn't say yeah any any time that you've got to biopize um, so, someone's story, it's basically what you're doing is creating a script that's going to hit, you know, a mainstream audience. More to the point, so yeah, um, you know, they'll skirt around certain. They're going to wash it down. Um, they'll yeah saw they, down the honestly, edges. I don't. I don't think they watered much down for Rocket Man. I, I heard that it's all yeah. like. Like, I'll I'll agree with Bohemian Rhapsody. That was hella water. Okay. Yeah. But, now Rocket. I think the thing with Rocket Man was they focused on a surprisingly different story. Yes. Than what you might have expected. Mm-hmm. Like the old the ultimate ending of that. Not not to not to spoil it for anyone, but the message in that was learn to love yourself, and that's what he ends yes. up learning to do by the end of it. And I think. You might you might argue that they skirted around some other issues, but ultimately that wasn't the story they wanted to tell with it. Okay. Yeah. No. no. So they they sort of they they get a bit of a pass in that respect. Yeah. Okay. Me. Um. Certainly other films. Yeah. Absolutely. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. I I haven't seen Stardust yet, and I don't intend to. That's the I David Bowie one, isn't it? Yeah. Uh. I haven't. I haven't even. I look. I took one look at the trailer for that and grimaced. <laughs> yeah, grimace I, I I won't be touching that with a barge pole. Yeah. Um. I, I, I mean, th- I think it's somewhat that telling David that Bowie's haven't... sons had to come out and say, "We have got no involvement in this whatsoever," and we're actually quite offended. Well, they don't by even it. have the music for it. I don't. Think. No, they haven't. <laughs> so, I mean, that I think that tells you all you need to know. Yeah. About it. Although it has to be said, um, there are. There's another quite cool film that's loosely inspired by Bowie um, that was released in the 1990s called Velvet Goldmine. And that's a great film, but Bowie wouldn't give anything over to that. So, okay. <laughs> um, no, so it's, it's, you know, he's just a private more, lad. It, yeah. It, well, it's, it's a weird thing where you could argue he's quite protective about his legacy and where his music went. But then I've seen his music yeah. crop up in some weird adverts as well. So, Who's to say? Still, there's like yeah. just a huge trend yeah. in um, modern Hollywood sort of like culture to just look back towards um, a media that was huge and um, 
readapt it and yeah. cut out the best parts yeah. and sell it again. As I say, I, ju- I just don't agree with bands that are big for, you know, social political change being turned into jukebox musicals just on a big screen. Yeah. Mm. That, that, That's I, the main I, I point you're going about that quite distasteful. Yeah. Um, especially, as I say, like the likes of, um, I know obviously um, um, Straight Out Compton wasn't like a straight up jukebox musical, you know, in the same mm. way that Rocket Man or Bohemian Rhapsody were. But, you know, they're, fi- they're films that basically are vehicles for the soundtrack album, <laughs> almost. <laughs> Definitely. You know? Yeah. Another greatest um, hits. Right. Mamma Mia is one of the worst ones. Anywho, yeah. <laughs> We're, we're really delving into a point that's sort of been made about four times now. What, what we got next? <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. We have got uh, Every Day Has Become a Health Whisk. Is that a song or a statement? Uh, for uh, each person in the United States, we are generating 2,400 pounds per year of hazardous waste. Um, I think that recent national polls show clearly the concern on the part of the public and that environmental issues are the number one issue. The wind shifted back in the 50s, particles drifted, a wave set in motion. The Pacific Ocean, test of the hydrogen bomb they're from would come too close to home. Ships on the test put to rest. Okay, so that's every day is a health risk. Um, also, everyday life has become a health risk. Uh, let's go to Wiley. Hello. <laughs> got, got something to say, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't know. Right. Hello, really. I don't know. Um, I, I don't remember this one, and I haven't got any notes for it. Okay. Um, uh, so uh, okay, I'll, I'll take this over for a second then. Um, I mean, you ask me questions, and maybe I'll get <laughs> them right. But I, I don't think I've quite got any questions to ask. But um, yeah, I, I mean, mean, it's I, about so um, it's basic me, it's... understanding for me. Would I? I hazard a bit of a guess that it's uh, more dangerous on your health to be a black person. Yes. Um, if sort of almost, um, yeah. I suppose, a sister song in a way to the public enemy song 911 is a joke, which was a song about the lack of response to emergency calls within black neighborhoods. Uh, so basically, if you've phoned a emergency services operator, uh, in particular ambulances, yeah. um, they'd take longer to go to that black neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, so basically, if you lived in a black neighborhood, you were more likely to die if you faced a medical emergency. Yeah, from your, from your injuries. Yeah. And the line they used to express this um, is medical racist social statistics has everyday life become a health risk, which yeah. is the hook. Yeah, okay. Lovely hook. Um, I mean, there's also yeah. um, a lot of mentions um, about um, climate pollution as well. Yeah. They, they dig uh, deep so into just quite about, a lot of dystopic um, things. So it, so it covers it covers a few different things. Yeah, I talk about... It's, it's basically about how, um, you know, <laughs> health is being affected in lots of ways, not just, um, you know, it's not as straight cut and dry as uh, the song 911 is a joke, um, but it, it covers some of the same themes. Yeah, we, we make it, like, pretty dystopic, but, like, going into, like, the extremes of everything, like... Uh, 
hormone injected meat, how acid rain is falling down on a picnic, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, um, mother prepares a fruit salad treat to eat, sprayed with messed up pesticides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's quite telling that the hook is medical racist social statistics as everyone everyday life become a health risk um that hook just yeah. it's you know so so close to the ballpark of nine um nine one one is a joke and speaking of public um, enemy i actually you know, do use a public enemy sample on us do you know that? i didn't notice that um illuminates my knowledge um a sample called terminator x to the edge of panic oh right okay uh, i just found this on a wiki um, thought you might appreciate it I know, cool. Um, but yeah, we're definitely wearing the heroes. On when, when I say yeah. I've got knowledge of Public Enemy, I, I, I couldn't. I've got not. I've not got an encyclopedic knowledge, so I wouldn't know specific songs past like the real big hitters. I've listened to mm-hmm. maybe three albums a few times. Um, so Fear of a Black Planet, for instance. But could I name with specificness songs? Probably not. What's the big one? It, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back, so Yes, the two biggest ones were Fear of Black Planet and It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back. Yes. Uh, Wiley probably best knows uh, Public Enemy because of uh, Flavor Flav. <laughs> Flavor Flav for the um, Dave. Who's, who's most Probably's famous for wearing a big-ass clock around his neck. Uh, mm. At least you... I feel like there was a joke about that. Yeah, recently. there's been like a... <laughs> Yeah, cartoon. There's many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's become a bit of a cartoon character in a way. Um, probably yeah. the most cartoon character of that rap generation. I mean, I might as well because I'm sharing screen. I'll just show you a quick photo. What time is it? <laughs> yeah, I've definitely seen uh, a cartoon of that guy. So yeah, yeah what we're seeing is a big guy with sunglasses on, and he's got a clock on his neck. Uh, yeah, and he's yeah. and he has many, and like and a bejeweled he has many clock. clocks he's as got well. A, he's got, yeah, he's got a cap turned sideways as well, which is you know, the ultimate cool. Yeah, maybe he turns um, it with sun's rotation. It's like you can't yes. wear a clock on your neck without people making a joke of you. What has this world come to? What times are we living in? Ah, look at that! I don't get he did it. it. He, uh, anywho, um. Got a l- On that note, <laughs> uh, this is INS Green Card A19191500. This is more of a sort of um, filler track, for want of a better word, isn't it? It's more of a sound piece. This isn't a song. song. It's like an interlude, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's yeah, an interlude. Um, 
It's interesting enough, but I don't feel there's a great need to comment too much on it. So basically, it's like a phone-in line narrative with drums and bass added. Um, yeah, it's, someone's yeah, like it's ringing up immigration systems, and then they're saying for English, press one now. Yeah, there's that, and it's it's that kind of thing of um, kind of going back, I suppose, even to the um, first track of the album, Satanic Reverses, um, where they're on about you know shopping immigrants, mm. you know. Um, report an illegal alien and get him deported. Um, you know, it's again, it's that devaluing of immigrant lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. In case people don't know, the green card is what allows you to stay in America if you're an immigrant, even if you're a Canadian. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, yeah. It's it's basically your permit to um, reside in America. Yeah, I got a little bit of a vibe of the sort of endless cycle of automatic uh, responses when you call up these companies and it's just like, oh, thanks for calling your your 12th in line. Or, <laughs> yeah, your uh, call is important your, your to Your call us. is important to it. Yeah, I got that sort of yeah. sense from it. Yeah, it's, um, like, it all. it's like they it's can't a, even it's be a very bothered short... to put in the effort to deport you. They'll just get a phone line to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I got a bit of that from it. I... I Surprisingly, I think I quite enjoyed this one. Yeah, as I say, uh, there's nothing to, to what the sort of of bring it down. It's just, it's, it's as I say, it's very quick and it's over, you know. Yeah, I guess it's a message across and goodbye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doesn't... I, I'll be honest, I wanted more from it. I, I, would, I wouldn't have minded if this was a three-minute, four-minute track. Mm. If, if they kept it yeah. interesting. yeah. But maybe maybe they weren't able to keep it interesting, so they ended it. It's, at good, the right it's a good point. concept, and that it feels like a real good way of introducing uh, the next song, a uh, sociogenetic experiment. Um, and I suppose in some ways, the, the kind of um, like brother sister songs, I suppose, in terms of their placement and themes. Sure. <laughs> Like a sociogenetic experiment, a picture discommunities, token of infection. I feel like a sociogenetic experiment, a picture discommunities, token of infection. You see, I'm African, Native American, Irish and German. I was adopted by parents who loved me. They were the same color as the kids who called me nigger on the walk home from school. Uh, yes, that is sociogenetic experiment. Uh, Harry, let's see what you got to say. It feels a bit more laid back, actually. Um, I mean, apart from that crazy like sound stuff that's happening in the very beginning, we're getting um, a bit looser. Yeah, yeah. Copy's like wow, wow. Like Almost, uh, the back in the back in feels a bit like dub reggae. Yeah, exactly. It's got these guitars that are just mm-hmm. so chilled to listen to. Yeah, yeah. But again, this um, is of course in contrast to the actual content of the song. What? <laughs> Which, which is any anything but laid back. Yeah, but I do love the way he says yeah. experiment. <laughs> experiment. Yeah, it's, it's kind it's, of self mocking. Yeah. Yeah. Very memorable. Yeah. Um, as I say, this is um, definitely the most personal song so far because this is literally about the writer's um, experiences um, being yeah. uh, a black American raised by a white family. Yeah. Of like yeah. different. Uh, 
And, nationality backgrounds. You know, it's him trying to yeah, it's him trying to come to terms um, with being um, a black person who's been raised in a white uh, social genetic well social political um environment so you know in, in yeah. a sense he's become a social uh, genetic experiment yeah that the title of this song is so good <laughs> yeah and the carry on under hook it says it's, a petty dish community's token of infection yeah um you know mm. there's some great lines in there like, like proper like punch you in the chest if you get what i mean like yeah um i was adopted by parents who loved me they were the same color as the kids who called me nigger on the way yeah. home from school you know um That's... apologies for using that term um i'm only using it um because that is what's yeah. written in front of me absolutely yeah we're analyzing the lyrics and keeping them as they are yeah i mean that's the thing i mean even just saying that words just to, you know to repeat what's put in front of me as a lyric is quite uncomfortable. You, you get a little yeah. shiver in your spine when you do it, don't you? It's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't. You know, it's not a word I would ever dream of using. You know. Yeah, not something you use lightly. Like sure. it, even just in a you know contextual like way that we are now, it feels awful to say it. Yeah, yeah, but if it um, is powerful yeah, in its, its context. As I say it's. Yeah, as I say, it really hits you in the chest. And I know, obviously, the N-word isn't, you know, uncommon in this style of music. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, because he hasn't really used it so far no. as well. That's That should no. be something that said. I think this is the I first think... use of the N-word. Yeah, he's not throwing it around lightly like you might yeah. see in, like, other very, maps. He's very much allowing it to have context as yeah. well. Yeah. So it has impact yeah. when you hear it. You know, whereas, not being funny, yeah. but if you listen to say um you know jay-z for instance i think like in his early work he used that word like it was going out of fashion exactly it kind of desensitizes you to um the whole cause and the power of that word to the point now yeah it's got to the point now where you know kanye can release a song called n words in paris you know and that can hit the charts which is crazy when you think about it yeah uh, getting back to the lyrics it's like but who the hell am I cursing those whose skin is half my DNA? So it's just like bringing it back to like how we're all like uh, in the same gene pools and the mixing and still like they um, will target people just based on their slightly different appearance. Even if they yeah. share quite a lot in common. <laughs> yeah. As I say, it's, it's just, you know, I've, it's such a personal story. It's, it's a little bit harder to really get to grips with compared to some of the stuff where the targets are really, really obvious um, because you've kind of, it's, it's wrapped up in his own feelings and only he can really get at those, if you get what I mean. But it's obviously someone who's struggling with their identity mm. um, and sort of wonders why he even has to struggle with his identity because we shouldn't be in a scenario in modern society where you should be wondering, you know, whose side should I be on? If any. <laughs> exactly. Do you all, like, share, like, purely British genes? I mean, there must be a bit of mixing in your families too, or what? Um, uh, to my knowledge, I'm entirely comprised of British Ooh, genes. The Wiley line runs back. 
Some some of them are from Scotland, if that counts as outside of Britain for you. But I don't. I don't know. <laughs> a little bit, maybe. Um, I mean, my my gene pool, um, if you want to call that. Uh, so both my parents are born English, um, but um, my, my dad's dad is Irish, or was Irish, um, and my mum's nan was Austrian. Oh, nice. Ooh. Yeah, um, the Heath line, um, my father's side were pretty much all English, but my mum, her parents were one half. The, my grandma was German and my granddad was Irish. So met during the war. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's the thing. I mean, more and more nowadays. Not to sound um, insensitive, how did you end up in Sweden in that <laughs> case? I, I, for, I don't know why. I assumed it was like a family thing that you went out. But no, it's... Uh, it's basically, I else. had some friends who, um, who was getting married. Um, he was marrying an American girl. So we had a wedding in Barbados. So we were just kind of like halfway. Um mm-hmm. He was half Swedish, yeah. and quite a lot of his Swedish family yeah. came over. And I met my future girlfriend, who was his cousin, at a wedding. So a long oh, distance cool. relationship began. And when I got out of university, and, and now and you've and moved over. Plus Brexit was looming, and felt like a good idea. <laughs> yeah, you got you got out while you could. That's an excellent <laughs> idea. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Um, Speaking of Brexit, shall we move on to music and politics? <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> if ever I would stop thinking about music and politics, I would tell you that sometimes it's easier to desire and pursue the attention and admiration of a hundred strangers than it is to accept the love and loyalty of those closest to me. And I would tell you that sometimes I prefer to look at myself through someone else's eyes. Eyes that aren't clouded. Okay, yeah, so that is uh, music and politics. Let's go to Wiley. Uh, I, have a, I actually have a question for you, Martin. You say you'd never heard of the disposable heroes of hypocrisy. Yes. Before we drew them out last week. That's correct. See, that's interesting because at the start of each episode, you tell us that you know all the stuff with guitars <laughs> in it. Uh, so you, at some point, you've lied to us. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to go over my own intro and just check whether I was being a fucking hypocrite. Um, <laughs> you um, do talk uh, about I think I just said uh, Resident you're Experts in Classic Rock, exact. Alternative and Indie Music. Which is yeah, basically, basically all the stuff, all the stuff with, with guitars, guitars in them. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I was very uh, segregated explicit in the fact that I said classic rock, alternative, and indie music. I think you'll find. Plus, this is yeah. jazz guitar. Yeah. 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 Um, no. Uh, in all seriousness, I fucking love the guitar in this. Yeah. It's so cool. It's uh, like it very much brings to mind just this guy sat on a stage in a jazz club setting with a guitar just basically plinking <laughs> around while he speaks yeah, his mind it's, it's really yeah, humbling it sort of has a, a sort a, of beatnik a, sort of feel and it uh, okay <laughs> would, would you go to that bar yeah. um, it's, it's, it feels like a really nice place to go i think that i'd be too white <laughs> <laughs> i i don't i'd like uh, 
there's a weird thing where would you feel like you were impinging on that culture if you went in there? And you shouldn't. You absolutely shouldn't. But you hear these terms like cultural appropriation yeah. thrown mm. around. And sort of, oh, you, you shouldn't be enjoying that. That's not yeah, your yeah. And I'm like, well, no, I, I do enjoy it. <laughs> well, of, I mean, of course, um, a lot of modern well, music I would, I would absolutely love to appropriation of a lot of yeah. African-American music that got turned into rock and of roll. Of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... But no, it, to answer your question, yes, I would love to do it, but I would feel a bit self-conscious. Yeah. I mean, little sort of one of, I suppose, let's just tell a Martin so, why not? Um, just stop. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> no, no. I want right. to hear, I want to hear a Martin. Tale. So, um, when I was working for hit the floor, um, we covered Reading festival, I think it was back in like 20, 2016 or 2015. Um, and, um, three of us, um, from the magazine, uh, went there. So it was myself, uh, Chris, the main editor and Josh, who was the urban editor. Um, now we're all white males, but um, Josh and Chris are more in on the urban scene. Mm. Uh, they can yeah. fit in quite easily, if you get what I mean. Um, me, yeah. I'm the most um, white, white indie boy there is, if you get what I mean. You are, you are the whitest person I know, Mark. Yeah. And I don't mean that as an insult. No, it's just no. who you are. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so we'd learned, um, basically that, you know, our, our, our means of being there is to get interviews and things like that, you know, we're there on a press pass and, um, it's very difficult to get interviews with the bands who are on the main stage, for instance, uh, where most of the indie bands, I suppose, are at, um, and it's actually very easy to get backstage um in the radio one extra tent <laughs> because the security guards don't know what the hell they're doing <laughs> and just assume your press band means you can go backstage yeah. so um it, it gave us a lot of access to the artists in um you know that area and um you know we went around interviewed um, all these urban artists, but one uh, in particular stands out. Um, and let's run the names up the flagpole and see if um, maybe Harry maybe Go on in. has a background. Um, so, have you heard of the um, hip hop outfit um, or urban outfit uh, BBK? Nope. Unless you're talking about BBK. Um, but- <laughs> No, uh, Boy Better Know, I think, is what they um, stand for. Um, but it's basically like a hip-hop collective um, or grind collective, more to the point. Um, the sort of main name, I suppose, is Skepta. Oh, okay, yeah. I heard about Skepta. Um, yeah. And basically, um, we managed to get access to Skepta. Um, now, um, Chris and Josh are massive fans uh, so, you know, they do the interview and then they, you know, go for their selfies, you know, with with him afterwards and whatever. <laughs> and I'm just sat there trying to stay out of the way, you know. <laughs> I, I'm waiting to get over to um, the uh, press tent to interview Ash in half an hour. 
Um, and, you know, he does the selfie with Josh, does the selfie with Chris, turns to me and goes, uh, do you, do you want one? I'm like, um, you know, I'm, I'm good. Thank you. You know, Ooh, um, ouch. <laughs> you know, and in the end, he took a selfie with me on his phone. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> I don't, yeah, it's just the weirdest thing. Um, so yeah, that's like possibly a photo of me on some rapper's phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I bet he's kept that. Yeah, he was like, like, this is the only guy who ever rejected me. And the whitest <laughs> man I've ever known in my life. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, well, that's one yeah. more I imagine it was. It was just, you know, he turned around, you know, yeah. turned back, you know, to his backstage area, you know, joint in his mouth going, <laughs> <laughs> take a look at this. This is the wildest kid in the world, <laughs> you know. Oh, don't, don't do the, don't do the no, voice. No, don't do the voice. Don't do the voice. I mean, like, this is a guy, like, if you listen to, let's say, a Kings album, he'll probably say his favorite song on the album is Afternoon Tea. <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically speaking. Uh, Brilliant. Yeah, of course, hypothetically. Yeah. Go back and listen to the episode now. Mm. Now. Now. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> music and politics. Um, again, a, a very personal yeah. song. Yeah, I was going to say very introspective, I think. I ah. Yeah. He sings in this one too. It's basically, yeah, it's, it's, it's got a really nice singing voice, yeah, actually. Very jazzy. He goes, if ever I would stop thinking about music and politics. Sort of like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it's a really nice voice. You know, yeah. should use it a bit more, I suppose. I mean, obviously he does, but it's it's nice to bring out in this album and like just bring in more tonality and more variety yeah. to um, the messages it, I mean, it that he's so trying to depict. To everything else, he will be yeah. singing later on in his career, like outside of his outfit. But it's definitely cool to see now. Yeah, he can do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's basically him saying, you know, about how he's neglected his personal relationships um, because of his fascination with music and politics. Simple as. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, big lyric from it is, if I ever would stop thinking about music and politics, I might be able to listen in silence to your concerns rather than hearing exactly. everything as an accusation or an indictment against me. Yeah. Um, so and like there's another line, yeah, there's another line about, um, how he uses, uh, sex as a way of avoiding conversations. Mm. Uh, you know, so basically what he's saying is, you know, when his partner wants to broach awkward subjects, he'll just bring sex into the equation. So he doesn't have to answer that question. <laughs> yeah. So he's <laughs> definitely like having his own shortcomings and maybe getting people to think about their own. Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah. I, I really like the encouragement to other people to actually talk about their issues, their reality. Yeah. Rather than hiding it away. Yeah. And that that's that's been a theme in a couple of songs so far. I think this one's brought it to the fore maybe slightly more. Mm-hmm. Uh, As I say, it's you know it's I suppose this song's kind of his kind of way of rounding out um the message if you get what i mean so he's sort of mm, saying absolutely question politicians question the media question yourself yeah a lot of questioning yeah uh anything to add i like it oh uh, no I'm yeah good. let's move on uh this is i think i, I, I think made my three more tracks right. so i'm happy <laughs> 
Uh, yes, um, this is financial leprosy. The consumer is in no position right now to lead the country out of recession. We look at dollars coming out of one pocket of the, of the institution going into the other pocket. The issue is larger than are there dollars to educate our children. The issue is do we want to educate our children. Financial leprosy, we got to get up and wait in line for the soup, toilets, and things to read. Fill out 1101s and take a seat. But then we got to find a place to sleep. We got to lay down upon newspaper, cardboard, concrete. Uh, yes, that is financial leprosy. Um, I can't remember who I went to last time. Uh, let's go to Wiley. Go, yeah, you went to me last time. Go, <laughs> okay, Harry. go on, Harry. I'll go now. Um, see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one sounds like way more industrial. Again, like some crazy um, mm. uh, pipes and banging of metals going on. But then, yeah, comes the bass. It's pretty boppy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But, but lyrically speaking, uh, are we getting onto like it talks about like ways that we don't educate children? But it also seems like a massive attack on consumerism and how in debt because we we're told to keep spending on. This and that all the Shit. time, like yeah. things that we don't really need. Yeah, yeah. Things, uh, I, I think that's kind of distract us from the, other the problems. Kind of thing, isn't it? I, I mean, the take home I kind of yeah, took out like... of it. Um, it's the, the, basically the idea that you know all these um, governors, um, and this is something that will come in on um, the next song, um, but that these governors are stating there's no money for public education, um, yet they're funding really trivial projects especially in the 80s um when they were kind of following a very similar thread um as thatcherism mm. yeah um and it was all about corporate culture you know wolf of wall street for instance mm. um so basically uh, i got a bit of a um i got a bit of a feeling about how they were trying to get out of the depression they like you get depressions every so often, and like every time there's a mini depression, they're basically the government always encourages you to spend money, yes, to get out of the depression. Because if you spend money, then that money becomes liquid and in, in the system, yes. Uh, and I think there was a bit of a takedown of that in the song as well, yeah. And stuff like yeah. get designer glasses, and you designer that, clothes, like, yeah. I think more yeah. to the point of what they're making is. Um, it's all fine to spend, 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 you know, but let's spend, you know, we're going to spend, 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 spend it on things that are fucking useful. Yeah. Don't spend, spend it on a, you know, yeah. tanning booth. Don't spend it on full shopping carts of useless products in conjunction with their plastic yeah. boobs and diet pills. Mm, uh, and the main thing about trying to get at for, especially if we're lacking spending of in America is the education. And in relation to yeah. that, how a lot of people may end up from oppressed communities in jails and stuff because they haven't had the same opportunities and they haven't been encouraged as enough. Exactly. So, um, um, you know, we think that the school system in the UK is bad, but compared to America, you know, we're like a totem of society. Yeah. But we're really not. Yeah, in Sweden, we get no, free tuition but, at university. No, no, yeah, I, 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 what I'm saying is, in comparison to America, 
Um, yes, in comparison to America, we shine in yeah. quite a few areas. And I mean, even in the UK, like the racial injustice in the education system mm. is still very apparent. Definitely. Um, one of the lyrics that expresses this pretty well is, um, why did they cut for Pell Grant so they can build cells 10 years in prison, but no tenure at university? Um, so I don't know if you heard about Pell Grants, um, but they're like, what well, is awarded to students in America who come from like exceptional financial needs and right. like given an opportunity to go further at university or something like that. Yeah. I mean, um, there's an actual um, stat that's put in one of the samples, okay. um, which is it's a matter of priorities. When in California, 42% of the kids in CYA uh, are African-American and are about 8% of the population. It's a priority when 40% of those in adult corrections are African-Americans. Yeah, uh, CYA, um, I believe, is Correctional Youth Authority. Sounds about right. <laughs> Uh, and a lot of um, those mainly probably on drug charges and stuff like that. Yeah. Because they're trying to escape the terrible uh, conditions. Drug or essentially ASBO. Yeah. You know, basically kids who have fallen on the wrong side of the tracks because the education system isn't there to put them on the right side of the tracks. Mm-hmm. And because their yeah. father's been taken away before them and they have no leading figures yeah. Yeah. to... Yeah, it's um, all generational. Yeah. ...have them anywhere, uh, teach them good lessons and they fall in with other people with the same culture and... Find it harder to get head in life for people who are from nice white houses and um, areas definitely can get them much easier, less hiccups, and have that financial backing and security net all the time that other people would not have. Yeah, as I say, it's you know, it you know, it it's definitely. Um, the thread that was, goes along, especially the latter half of this album of, you know, if you fund young minds, then you give them the best tools for life. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is California Uber Alas. I'm your governor, Pete Wilson, you know The baddest governor to ever grab a mic and go boom Give me a punch and watch me hack it Give me a beat and I'll show you how to jack it I give the rich a giant tax loophole I leave the poor living in a blue hole At a time when AIDS is... Okay, that's California Uber Alas. Um I'll go first um, This is a um, basically a cover of a Dead Kennedy song Hey, from 1979 Um yeah, who were like um, political punks in America. Um, and one of their best-known songs um, is probably after this song, um, a song called Holiday in Cambodia, which was um, a criticism, I believe, of uh, the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but uh, California Uber Ales is um, a play on the um, former German national anthem, Deutschland, Deutschland Uber Ales, uh, which was basically roughly translates to Germany, Germany above everything. Um, it was used as the uh, German anthem during the time of the Third Reich, 
so it essentially insinuates yeah. that the Californian government or um, Californian governor, Pete Wilson, is a yeah. fascist. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, pretty, um, it's not very subtle about it. No, no, not at all. But, but I think it's a really <laughs> clever song, like reappropriating a song like that and building upon it in itself is pretty clever, but also like, yeah, they're also embracing um, what other hip hop artists are doing and pretending that they're like the MC by role playing as this, um, what was it, a governor? And pretending to be yeah, boastful yeah. and calling out everyone. <laughs> like, yeah. Most hip hop is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, yeah. you've got give me a budget and watch me hack it. Give me a beat and I'll show you how to jack it. I gave the rich. Giant tax loophole. I leave the poor living in a poop hole. At times when AIDS is in crisis, <laughs> I cut healthcare and I raise prices. It's almost juvenile, yeah. but it's, it's it's really clever. It's you know, I, the, the thing is, this is the most juvenile his lyricism has got <laughs> as well. So you know, yeah. it really kind of. It, it, lends I think it to stays on just the right playing. side. Yeah, yeah. The tongue firmly in cheek. I think it stays on just the right side though. Definitely. It's almost as if he won't give this Pete Wilson character that he's playing um, the um, distinction of actually being lyrically <laughs> clever, if you want to call it like you. If you get what I mean. <laughs> he's got to juvenile it a bit to make him look like he's shitter. <laughs> it also kind of reminds me of the Zappa stuff where it's kind of deceptive. Like they want you to listen to a song that's nice and accessible. Maybe people who enjoy this sort of rap uh music or hip-hop that's kind of boastful like yeah. this kind of listen to it and have no idea what's happening but when they dig deeper they realize that he's actually talking about some serious stuff here yeah so deceptive I mean, um yeah it, 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 it's a full narrative within this song as well um you know you start with the kind of uh, california governor kind of going you know vote for me uh, you know <laughs> give me a budget watch me hack it you know um and then ends mm. with you know um, being locked away, essentially, you know, because you've trusted this guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's no great knock, part. knock at your door. Yo, guess who? It's the suede them in secret police who've come from your house for your long haired niece. I mean, that's um, mm. near enough a straight um, quote from the Dead Kennedys song, by the way. Yeah, it gets very um, yeah. clear of like it's Nazi connotations later on as well, like talking about. Yes. Uh, concentration camps, uh, comparisons and all things like that. Yeah. Um, big brother in a squad car, um, for instance. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, don't worry, it's only a shower. Mm. I mean, uh, uh, these aren't light comparisons, no. <laughs> no, no, this is full-blown no. comparing the Californian governor to Nazis. He, they definitely hate this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you, him, you don't you don't come out of this if, under any like you know black the, you know it's black and white you know their feelings at this point. There's no yeah. blurred colors. Yeah, I'm surprised like we weren't sued for like huge defamation here. <laughs> I don't I don't really know who this Pete Wilson guy is. Is he deserving of such vitriol? Um, he was the Californian governor at the time. Um, and he was sort of seen, to be honest with you, as a lot of Californian governors were. Um, he was sort of seen as, um, sorry, the name's just blanked on me. Uh, da, 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 da. Who's the American president who was the actor? Um, Reagan. 
Ronald Reagan. Yeah, um, Reagan was the um, Californian governor before he was president, and Pete Wilson, in many ways, was seen as Reagan Mark II. Yeah, he actually um, expresses this yeah. in a lyric. Um, he says, I'm so proud to know the great communicator, referencing Reagan, and I want to be known yeah. as the great mm. incarcerator. Yes. Basically, um, <laughs> Pete Wilson was quite well known um, for opening up big um, state penitentiaries. Um, yeah. And okay. um, as boys. I say, um, going back into the sort of education thing of the previous song, uh, there's the line, even though we ranked 54th in the nation, I've still got a plan for all the minorities. Uh, that's about public education. Uh, send them to California youth authorities from San Francisco Urban Elementary to Pelican State Bay State Penitentiary. You know, basically his big plan was just round up the, you know, the ones we can round up and put them through the correctional system. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I, I went like um, for a tour like the West Coast in America and there was like some huge like distances you have to travel by train. We like took a night train and we went through like this really remote desert somewhere out in California. And there was just like a prison there in the middle of nowhere. Absolutely huge. It's crazy to think about <laughs> You just feel like a yeah. scene out of a movie, like it shouldn't be real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Uh, anything else to add? Um, uh, this song's got a very catchy chorus. What, the California Ubalas bit? California. Yeah, I found myself like, I found myself sort of muttering it to myself and then I sort of had to like catch myself because yeah. I know what it means. You're like, no, stop saying that. <laughs> no. Yeah. Germany Bad above everything. Bad Wiley. <laughs> yeah. But they no, they make it really catchy, which is weird. Like in retrospect. But I said, yeah. Um, I mean if you if you really wanted to think of it this way, you could say that the catchiness of that is basically uh reminiscent of how sort of the masses could be Swayed, uh yeah. caught by a, a sort of catchy slogan or whatever for for these governors who they voted in. Yeah, definitely. You know, they sort of they sort of market themselves on very basic premises that sound good. Yeah. So you you could if you really if you were, you know I I don't know if this was intentional on uh, their part or not, but hmm. yeah, if they if you make it sound really good, people will. People will do it. Yeah. Mm. It also joins the mammoth line list of songs of California in the titles, which is also what <laughs> yes. the band Red Hot Chili Peppers mainly made their career out of. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, should we move on to Wolf's Pistol Man, which is our album closer? Sure. and black that all look so lonely contraceptives don't get you by the horn and you can't find the key to the door in your building but are you still willing the responsibility becomes an afterthought when one remembers the things that they should have bought 
No pretending that you forgot Most everything in life have political ramifications Okay, so that's Water Pistol Man. Um, I can't remember who went last. Um, so I'll just let one of you fire in. I think you went first last time. Yeah, you yeah, didn't even ask. Yeah, yeah, so. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, uh, I'll give you many chances to go first, eat- first. So if I want to take a that's chance, that's enough. Michael. <laughs> uh, you know what? That's fair enough. Go on then, go Martin. On. You go first. Okay, fine. Um, so yeah, Water Pistol Man. I... It was one of those where I struggled to really get down into the real sort of um, skull and bones of it, so to speak. Um, yeah, I really struggled with yeah, this one oh, as well. I, it. Okay. It was... I sort of got, it's, um, you know, it talks about water and fire and flowers. Um, so I kind of had that in my mind. It was kind of like maybe like um, Earth, Wind, Fire, you know, like the Holy Trinity. Oh. Um so like water representing um energy and time uh fire represents injustice and flowers um are usually earthiness and family okay i didn't give up at all uh so um my sort of take on it i suppose was that the uh, water represents the man's energy and time that he devotes towards the cause i.e politicism uh, the fires are the injustices that happen all over the world. Uh, when he de- devotes his water or energy and time towards these injustices, he only makes the tiniest differences. So he's like literally squirting the fire with a water pistol. Um, and then the flowers are the man's family. Um, because he's only got a small water pistol, he can't put out the fire that burns away at his family and the people closest to him. Hmm. And um, there's the line, the fire starts at home, which is basically him saying, if we took care of those around us, then the bigger fires wouldn't be so big. Yeah, but that reading at the end is definitely, I think, the message that he's going for. The main thing I'm picking up on is like um, how you should keep a balance between like um, the global and the local. So it's like a load of people go out and they're thinking about big world issues, but then they're neglecting what's at home. So um, yeah. with the water, yeah. he's talking about how the flowers are dying around him while he's trying to solve something greater outside. And he's letting down the yeah. world with the bees on, yeah. able to feed, whatever. And disaster is striking because of people not giving a shit about what's happening domestically. Yeah. Yeah. I think both of those, both of those interpretations. There's a lot of overlap between the two of you on that. Mm, I would okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, Harry, yeah. I think Harry probably puts it better. But. Probably. Um, I think mine's a bit of a messier. <laughs> <sort> of. <laughs> um, yours is nice. Yeah, I mean, musically, yeah. Musically, I, I quite like the backing on it. You know, at the beginning, it sort of sounds like almost like an Indian raga. Yeah, I realised it. it was like. Mm. it's quite um, melancholic sort of it's like it's like dropping piano yeah. tunes as well but like kind of distant yeah, yeah. floaty it's, it's quite a somber closer yeah with the with the ultimate message maybe don't worry about bigger issues because you've got you need to look after yourself yeah. and your family yeah. and, and, and those around you. you i think that i think that's that's i mean he's been building on that in the previous track Oh, yeah. we have this whole sort of introspective stuff in a couple of things. Um, yeah. I, I, like, yeah, there, there are bigger things in the world. Um, but 
look you know look after yourself because yeah. you know you might and then you and you got the second the secondary sort of theme would be the hypocrisy yeah yeah um i, I mean I, I think that line that you quoted martin about the fire starts at home it reveals itself a lot more if you um yeah. attach the lines that come before it. it says the water feels like a small squirt when he aims it at the flames of the whole earth but the fire starts at home yeah. So he's squirting and he's getting nowhere when he's thinking about global issues. But if he was focusing yeah. on what's just yeah. around him, then he could definitely solve Maybe it. Maybe he'd yeah, <laughs> be able to. Yeah. Um, and I suppose yeah. um, it's also sort of um, a personal piece in the sense of um, if you look at it across mm-hmm. the sort of narrative of um, quite a few of the tracks on this album, uh, for instance, um, music and politics, um, it's about him trying to find his place as a political musician who's also trying to raise a family mm. um, in a responsible way. It's a really interesting career now, like yeah. we put this into perspective, like um, how this like, band disbanded and then he just went into like a, a more poppy outfit, just like making more yeah. like songs of a happy and for the love and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. it's all like also, self-explanatory in a way. Yeah, but also look at sort of as as, as um, how he went into earlier, I suppose, the um, charitable causes that he's either created or contributed towards. Yeah, he founded one. You know, that's, um, I suppose, um, a physical representation of that fire starts at home view. Yeah. Um, yeah, I quite like this song. It's like, um, he's, he's singing in a different way to like, kind of like in a higher register, like it feels like he's looking yeah. up to the sky and singing a little bit. <laughs> I don't know how to properly describe <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely it's a, um, different timbre, of a different timbre, timbre than some of the other songs. Um, but, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I feel like this song could only have been the closer as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, Absolutely. You know, in the same in the but same the, way that Satanic Reverses to me feels like it could have only been the opener because of the bluster that come it comes in on. This feels like it could have only yeah, been the it closer. Yeah, it would have felt a little out of place somewhere else. I think this. I mean, on a lot of episodes, we've talked about how the albums are constructed. Uh, oftentimes, we've had bad things to say about it. We've been quite negative about how about track placement. Yes. In the previous albums, this one is really well constructed. Yeah, it flows like a dream. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, the, the best stuff's still at the top. I'd argue, but Fable. not noticeably so to the detriment of the rest of the album. Mm. No, I, I'm not sure. I agree, but yeah, that's fine. You obviously, it's also it. I think honest, I'm. I suffer a lot from yeah. light. I mean, when I say the, the best stuff, what I mean is more to the point, uh, the most obvious stuff. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, you know, the um, stuff that you could yeah, expect I, more to hit a wide audience. Yeah. I'm sure there's a word for this, but I'm, I suffer from liking most what I most recently heard. <laughs> you just got a goldfish a lot, memory, like, haven't you? Whatever whatever's more recently in my head, I was like, oh yeah, that was a yeah. good song. I'll 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 put that one I in. I guess it's kind of like memory. tunnel vision in a way. <laughs> yeah. Just like focusing on what's just yeah. recently came. I, I have to, I have to force myself to remember previous Yeah. Tracks. It's yeah. like if you um come out of a cinema like 
having watched a film, you have like a lot of excitement and energy following it. But yeah. if you give it a week and yeah. think over it more and have seen another film, then you have a totally different opinion. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Exactly the same. Uh, I don't know if you guys okay, feel the um, same, shall but... We? These songs like seem to take on a whole other life now. We're like breaking it up and listen to them one by one. Like it's sort yeah. of like all blends together and becomes like this huge, like almost academic sort of yeah. album. Yeah, I mean, um, there yeah. has actually been Very academic much. pieces written about this album. Um, for instance, mm. um, there's a large academic piece about how this album represents women um, oh, nice. positively compared to most other hip hop. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. Interesting. Um, yeah, and there's not a lot about women, no. in this, but wherever they appear, it's it's always in a very frank and normalizing. Yeah, manner. I think it's just yeah, women, women, women are women. Yeah, they're not they're not bitches. <laughs> no, no. Just to put to put it, they're bluntly, not there to tie men not. down, as um, a lot of rap kind of yeah. puts it. Yeah, you know. The, there's certain rap songs, um, I suppose, you know, I'd say my rap knowledge isn't the greatest, so I am going to go for the mainstream stuff. I do apologize. But um, like Kanye West, um, 18 years, 18 years, she's got you tied down for 18 years. Okay. You know, basically, you know, yeah. you've been the idiot to knock her up, but she's now the nasty one because she's keeping the child. For fuck's sake. What was uh, that early, okay. Kanye? I haven't heard that one. Um. But, Gold digger. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, pretty early. Um, but yeah, as I say, it, these themes, you know, that he's trying to, you know, make a stand against, I suppose, they're still very, very mm. apparent within yeah. urban and rap culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it's, it's, it's scary how prescient a lot of the themes in this album are even about jails and education and war and global warming and television's role in society. Nothing's changed. Mm. Yeah. Very little. We, we get anyway. a lot of this when we look at art in general, you find yeah. that very yeah. often like tackling the same issues as you, even if it's like years removed, decades removed, yeah. whatever. As I say, this, this album came out crazy enough 29 years ago. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, the same issues are still there. Mm. And speaking about like how uh, a lot of people in hip hop and that still like try to oppress and um, make full of like different things like women and homosexuality, whatever. Yeah. It still feels like and yet people are just like doing what they expected to do. Yeah. And yet we don't consider do what they really want our generations, do. you know, we consider our generations to be the most socially progressive generations in history. It's just not true. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe we start out that way, but as we grow up, that gets eroded from us as we, I think we like to think that we're very outward thinking, but I think I, I this is how I see it at the very least. I see that the systems that hold us in place, we're so focused on living our own lives that there's not much we can do about, these socio-political issues yeah. i mean you know we we, we might well be more liberal liberally minded than our yeah i mean the previous generation but don't get me wrong i'm much. i'm as guilty as the next person um of 
not preaching what I say sometimes. Um, in like regards of you mean you mean practicing, practicing what, what I preach? Yeah. Um, yeah. For instance, you know, speaking out on like racism, for instance, like I I abs- yeah, no, absolutely abhorrently hate racism, but there's been occasions um, in my working life, for instance, um, where I've seen it and not acted. Yeah. Oh, I love it's, it. Fear, because I like, it's just, it's just easier not to. Yeah. I think and, I, I, you know, that's a, I had a similar Ill, issue, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I have a tale, if you wish, about Go racism, a wily tale, if you will, just a, a different flavor to Martin tale. <laughs> Um, the guy who came to install our TV, not not the actual TV itself, but um, when you sign up with a company, okay, 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 well, yeah. uh, they yeah they 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 give you a little box from their company. I'm not going to name the company because that beats the point. Um, but the the en- the engineer that they sent out to install the box and make sure that everything was funny. He gives you a, he gives me a rundown of the system and what goes on, and he's flicking channels. Uh, and he he gets to a news channel, and at the time it was maybe a few days after the George George Floyd protests were happening, right? And that's like that's all that's being covered in these news channels. And he, and he looks and he turns to it. He's just like, oh yeah, this is all bullshit, and then moves on. And mm. I'm just I'm absolutely thrown by the audacity that he has to do that. That yeah. I can't. Yeah, do sometimes it. it's just like by the time I, by the it. time I think about saying, is it though? And mm. trying to debate him in my head, I'm like, the quicker he go, the quicker he does this thing, and, yeah. the quicker he can fuck off out of my house. Oh, I, I, yeah. If I raise an argument, I'm like, oh, yeah. what's the yeah, point? I mean, because I mean, we're all like quite um, white middle class liberal dudes, we don't really like see much of his stuff in our lives. Yeah. And when it does come in, it's all no, like shocks you. It's it's awful, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, what is there to gain by calling him out on it? I don't think he's going to change his mind about no, it. No, no. Um, I mean, no. I've had quite a few occasions, um, where I work in, um, I suppose the nightlife industry to some, some extent, um, I yeah. quite often have to get taxis home at an end of the night for my own safety. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Taxi cab it's, it's, it's awful. Um, I, I, I have a habit, um, of basically it's the same sort of like five or six drivers who are on the beat, if you want to call it that for that small zone yeah. um probably because they know like the fares will come when the pub's shut mm. yeah, um absolutely. but I, I you know it seemed for a while i kept getting the same guy and he just had nbc on the radio as he drove around you know so it's all ukip all brexit all immigrants what, what does nbc stand for um god i can't not nbc sorry lbc oh sorry okay Sorry, uh, which is the London LB. talk <laughs> channel. Okay, um, I didn't know. Yeah, it doesn't suggest yeah. from its so name that it basically handles that in, stuff. Yeah, basically people would phone in and you know give their views, um, and it's known for yeah. being a bit bigoted. Um, okay, but yeah, every time I went in his cab, see that's weird because I like that's weird because every time I get shown LBC, it's people like James O'Brien and people like that actively railing against yeah yes the window well, into the that irony, world of um, that's why i was a bit confused yeah. that quite but a few of the they, hosts they basically give a bad, but their viewers are awful yeah yeah they get people calling in trying to 
argue against yeah. them and then they just slam them with it's more like yeah. the type of people but who they, would they win, do yeah. um, you um, have to have a strong I mean, they, opinion by, a lot of by time the same and degree, a certain type of personality to do it <laughs> yeah by the same degree they did also give nigel farage a show yeah no absolutely i was just going to say they give they've got a wide a very wide uh range Ooh. of presenters yes maybe piers morgan but that's arguably that's quite a few of the late night shows are the ones that tend to get a bit more. Um, okay, sure. So that's, that's how it ended up in your taxi cab and yeah. wee hours of the night. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, as I say, every time I'd go in this cab and I'd be getting cabs, you know, four nights a week sometimes, you know, and yeah. it, like, you, you know, end up him just spouting off, you know, in agreement with the most controversial views on LBC about. <laughs> Um, immigration, um, about uh, Brexit, um, how COVID's all a lie, <laughs> you oh, know, geez. and you're just, you know, you're like, I really want to speak up That's- here, but I rely on this guy to get me home four nights a week. Yeah, it's really weird yeah. to bring it into So like, you just no, kind of absolutely. shut your mouth. Every now and again, you might chip a little kind of argument just to make yourself feel better. But, it, you know, it's a very chiseled yeah. argument such that he doesn't feel so offended that he boots you out his cab, for instance. Yeah, no, I completely get where you're coming from. Um, I, don't, I don't get cabs often, but I have been in yeah. that situation. But to the point, I, you know what? To the point where I used... Um, I. When I worked at a cinema, uh, I used to get Ubers home sometimes when it was so late that the train, that all the trains had gone or yeah. there were cancellations yeah. or whatever. And I remember that I'd normally feel more relieved if I saw that it was a person of color coming to. I'm, me the, I'm exactly the same. Because I knew that that because <laughs> I, I knew have that to that have sort of thing <laughs> talk about people of color. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you'd, you'd you'd have a much different conversation. Yeah normally much yeah, better I'm, I'm exactly the same like, not I, every time sometimes i yeah. sometimes they were terrible but oh yeah yeah but that's that's the same in any any regards um but yeah I'm, I'm i'm exactly the same i you know if i ordered the taxi and saw a person of color i'd go at least i don't have to face an awkward conversation with you kit man yeah i guess it's just like yeah absolutely uh, what for job attracts it would attract white people of a certain economic background who might be more susceptible to these beliefs. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, indeed. Anyway, shall we wrap up um, with our final We have we diverged uh, massively. Let's, yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to LBC. We have new presenters. Oh God, I'd get shot in five seconds if I was on LBC. Um, <laughs> anywho, yeah, so... Um, Wiley, what's your final thoughts on this album? I honestly didn't think that I would enjoy it as much as I did. It's still, it's still not my kind of music. Um, but in terms of content and what they've done with the medium, it's so good. It's a, this is a really good album, and I am gonna, I'm going to throw it a nine. Ooh. So you them. never really listened to? Uh, I think that could be. I think that could be. You never listened to like album of this type that, before. That's right? not. No, no, not at all. I. Yeah, it's it's never attracted me as a genre. Um, but yeah, I I think on a personal level, if this was just my pure opinion without all the academic 
dissections that we've done, it would probably be more like a six or a seven. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to grant it that because actually delving into it has done me a lot of good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm sticking by the nine, even though it's not reflective of my own values. If that Yeah, makes no, sense. I understand. Um, and um, what about worst song and favorite two? Uh, worst song would be the long winter and winter, the, the long hot summer set. Yeah. Number yeah. five. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Eight minutes long. Uh, just, just, just uh, yeah, uh, too too yeah. long and sort of more. Yeah, I mean, there's good parts about that song, which is probably a first for a worst song in yeah, yeah. album. Uh, but yeah, uh, two best ones. I'm going to go sociogenetic experiment. Mm-hmm. And I think I, there's something I wrote down that I forgot to mention okay, that yeah. song is the fact the fact that the song ends with him saying, and I'm proud. Yes. Because I think that oh, yeah, that's yeah. a good statement. Yes. I like that. It does. Um, I didn't, I sort of drifted over my own notes on it <laughs> while we were talking. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I, I, I like, I do like that song a lot. And I'm really tempted to say INF <laughs> A300. You always choose a random one. Just because it's so weird. It's so weird and different. And I like that. Um, but that, honestly, there are so many good songs in here, like uh, California Uber Alice could yep. be there. Um, television, The Drug of the Nation, obviously, is yep. up there. Um, mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm going to stick with INS Green okay. Card. I'm going to do, I'm going to use my, uh, I'm going to go with my gut because I, that, that was the one that I really enjoyed when I first listened. Okay. Like before, before we did our in depth one. So I think if it spoke to me that much, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll stick with the personal okay. ones for this one. Um, but yeah. My, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna actually echo a lot of what Wiley said. So, um, I, yeah. I really, really enjoyed sort of spending a week in the company of this album. Um, yeah, it was very accommodating. I feel like there's, there's, I feel like I, I, I learned more than, um, you know, things yeah. from listening to this album. I feel like. Yeah, I was going to say, I think more than anything, I've enjoyed dissecting yeah. it as much as we have. There's a lot of joy to be found in all of these new meanings that we yeah, have. Yeah, and... And it, for a lot of albums, you don't get yeah. that. You, you enjoy the music, but there's it's it's often quite surface level, whereas this one, you really get to dive in. And yeah, yeah and you can and definitely I mean, create discussions that you can have like in real-world contexts. Yeah, of course. Um I mean, that's the thing as well. Like, if, if the album's intent purpose was to make us question things, it's definitely done that. Yeah. It's succeeded. Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah. it, like, I, I consider myself quite a, a liberal person, fairly woke, um, you know, and <laughs> I had to sit back after, like, listening and dissecting this album and question myself a little bit. Um, and it takes a lot for an album to do that for someone you know what I mean Um, so for that reason I'm going to go 9 out of 10 oh nice Um, because I this is going to be our it's going to be our best album as I say it wouldn't be something I'd put on like on on a day to day but I enjoyed being in the mind space of this album for the time that I was yeah 
Um, and true. So, for an album to make you consider your own mentality, that's that's got to bump it up there. Definitely. Um, and you got any highlights, lowlights? Yeah. I thought the album just started off so well with Satanic Reverses. Like, that yeah, is such a mission yeah. statement. It's hard album. to rebuke. <laughs> yeah. And... Um, you know what? Um, I'm going to say California Uber Alice as my second track. I just love the repurposing of, you know, a, a punk track. You know, it keeps yeah, the same it's not energy so much a straight of punk. Up cover it, is it? But it, it turns yeah. it on its head, uh, modernizes. It's a reimagining, I think, rather than a uh, a remaster. Or yeah. A, what do you call it? <laughs> a yeah. cover. Maybe. Yeah, but you know what I mean? It takes that punk spirit from it and mm. transplants it into uh, black music, which is really cool. <laughs> um, and um, as for least favourite, I'm going to agree with Wiley again. I'm going to say Winter of the Long Hot Summer, just because it's a, just a tiniest bit too long. It's a fucking great track, but I feel it would be great yeah. for four to five minutes, not eight. And yeah, <laughs> for once, I'm, I'm in very strong agreement with Wiley. Uh we we normally have agreed. Yeah. I think it's rare that we're strongly. Yeah, agreed. but I've I've literally just parroted what Wiley said. It slightly scares me. You're the new dance, or or maybe he's graduated. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe Wiley's next just ep- next episode. Yeah. I'm gonna next episode. I'll I'll host it. <laughs> uh, Harry. Uh yeah. So um, this album kind of reminds me of like why we set up this podcast. It's been really fun. I like, just finding some really obscure Absolutely. album and being pleasantly surprised by it. I mean, I had heard nothing yeah. about this album like I'd mine. Say- it's just like really underground now in the mainstream. And it just shows like how much gets yeah. buried in the past. It feels like it should be yeah. a lot bigger than it is. But, but it's also mm. sort of like um, shows how like suitable the title of it is of the band the disposable heroes of hypocrisy <laughs> like yeah. last week we were stumbling so, over this now like oh it's so clever it's all yeah. seemed like a joke for them but it's, it's really witty yeah like mm. it's just crazy you know because mm, um obviously listeners probably don't quite know um but we literally record these same time every week as things stand um so we yeah. are literally a week apart in time right now from when we found out we had this album mm. and yeah. the contrast is just as how he says i'm not crazy. i'm not, not going to forget it anytime soon yeah but as yeah. i say in fact to to anyone who is listening uh, i don't know how many of you listen to the album alongside us talking about it or whether you just let us talk and listen to that if you are if you are one of those guys who just listens to us talking about it without listening to the album, I would recommend that you do it for this one. For sure. Get the album up, have a listen. I think like other for other times, yeah, you could listen to us talking and be fine with it as well as getting a couple of you know, we do like maybe 10 seconds of each track in the final edit for yeah. you. Um I don't think that's for the for these tracks, it's not enough. No, this needs to really yeah. delve into it as much as we have. I I would wholly recommend it. 
well worth an hour of your time. Mm. Yeah, I think that's the best note to finish on. So yeah, um, I do a lot of delivery jobs and because that's what's booming at the moment really of all this COVID shenanigans going on. And I like to listen to podcasts and listen to stuff that will bring a bit of substance and a little bit of culture while I'm doing something monotonous and that doesn't require much thought. And yeah, this album really brightened up my week a bit. I mean, it has like a lot of themes in it, which gets you thinking. It's a definitely an album that um, goes much beyond the music. Yeah. If, should I do the favorites and worst ones? Yeah, Quick. yeah. We need to yeah, say that, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, there's definitely, I'd say there's two which could contend for the worst track. Um, I think also, in addition to the winter long, hot summer, everyday life has become a health risk. Wasn't so strong. It's not as strong for, as the for, for me. Yeah. Um, they both sort of dragged yeah, on a bit, but fair yeah, definitely to win. So the long hot sum was the one that dragged the most. Um, yeah. With it being like the fifth in the track listing, it kind of slowed down the album, especially yeah. with its slower yeah. approach in addition to its longevity. Yep. Um, Want to guess which might be my favorite too, Martin? Ooh. I feel like music and politics. Yeah, because Ma- Martin does that. I feel that like is, music and politics. That, that is one of them, yeah. Oh, um, nice. Now, I'm just trying to think which ones it was the most um, up there on. Um, maybe socio-genetic experiment? Oh, nearly. I, I'd say that would be very close. Um, for my second one, I would choose the ending one, actually. Water Pistol Man. Water Pistol Man. Water Pistol Man. I really Fair like enough. the, um, it sort of goes into an extended jam at the end as well. Like, there's a lot of um, musicality going on at the end. It's sort of like, yeah. it feels like its own sort of like adventure. Yeah. I mean, it's quite, um, you know, I suppose quite um, noticeable um, that Harry's picks are probably the two most musical, if you want to call it that, in the kind of conventional sense. Um, yeah, you know, sure. uh, music and politics is, you know, the one where he sings and it's got the guitars on it. Um, you know, Water Pistol Man, yeah. you know, he goes into a more of a singing register than a rapping register, definitely. <laughs> but I am more of a Lennon fan than a McCartney fan. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's notable that we've all picked different songs as our favourites. Oh, Yeah. I I I, th- I think that showcases just how good this album is overall. Yes, that we can all pick yeah. different songs from it. Um, and I think the thing is, I mean, we could have easily picked the same songs uh, by the same degree. But I think like it, it's that classic and thing we, of well, we wouldn't. Um, we you know, Wiley gives his picks, and then I'm like, okay, but this song needs to be mentioned, so I'm going <laughs> to put this song there. If you get Wait, what yeah. I mean, yes, you guys okay, don't like star them in your little notes beforehand. Um. <laughs> I don't actually write my I favorite. Did, I did two. that once. Sometimes I, I override it. Yeah. 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 I did that once, and then I changed my mind during That's the, episode, the thing. So I just don't. So bother every now and again, the discussion changes my mind. So. Yeah, I think you can yeah. come up with like a score early on too, which I need to say. Fuck. <laughs> um, and then you <laughs> think of a whole new thing. Like before going to the discussion, maybe I'd give it a lower score, but now, like hearing the songs a bit more in isolation mm. and 
going over the things. More, the more you uh, digest it, the more I think it... someone needs to call the police because we're getting a 999 here. <laughs> oh, oh shit. 999. Mm. Wow. Take that. Well, that's your closing (laughs) statement there for this album, I think. Yeah. Uh, Shall we look into our next album? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Same rules as ever. Um, The picks are taken from the book uh, 101 Albums to Hear Before You Die. Uh, We use a random number. 1001. Did I say 101 there? (laughs) You did. Oh, what are you doing? yeah, it's taken from the book, uh, 1,001 Albums to Hear Before You Die. Uh, we pick a number at random using a random number generator. We have no control over what albums are picked. Which is for and the best, because if we cherry-picked it, we wouldn't get anything like the last yeah, album. If, I mean, yeah, exactly. If we if we used, yeah. used our own heads, um, we definitely wouldn't have drawn this one out of the pack. <laughs> I remember the disappointment I felt when you said it was a rap album. I yeah. was like, oh, okay. I mean, I'm guessing, like... <laughs> You know, um, I know we do this chat all the time, um, you know, on at the end of each episode, like rap again. Would that be something you were up for? Been a scene to see. No, where that's they would weird. Go no, it wouldn't. Like, <laughs> it wouldn't be the same. Yeah. I, I'd be interested, but at the same time, I'm, in my head, you I'm can't just like. can't top this now. Ah, yeah. Well, yeah, all rap can't be this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Martin keeps on naming shit records. <laughs> <That's>, you know. <laughs> well, Kanye anyway. will appear in this list too. Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, let's hit the button and see what comes along. So two hundred and ninety four is what I've got. So we're going fairly early it's, then. Yeah, it's going to be early. Um, I think seventies, I guess. Yeah, in past sixty, surely. Mm, I I know. I I think sixty. Okay. It's um, a real left turn again. Uh, of course it is. Oh, okay. It's uh, Genesis. Ooh. And it's uh, the album Selling England by the Pound. All right, all right. Okay. Uh, so this all is right. uh, Peter Gabriel era Genesis, not Phil Collins yeah. Genesis, just to be clear. Is, is Phil Collins in the band? Or is he, he is in the band, but he he's sees a drummer pretty and he doesn't see the drummer. Okay. Um, it's definitely Peter Gabriel's Genesis. Uh, who has like a pretty yeah. big um, solo career afterwards too? Or was that yes consecutively? Yeah. Or I don't know. Uh, no, no, he left Genesis and uh, launched a solo career, like Sledgehammer uh, and stuff like that. Sledgehammer, Salisbury Hill, yeah, uh, Bico. Mm. Uh, but yeah, um, this is prog rock. Oh, interesting. Uh, at yeah. its most prog rock. Um, I don't think we've gone full-blown prog rock yet. I think the closest we've got is probably SF Sorrow. Yeah, it's, it's more but yeah. concept than anything. It's, yeah, it's more concept rock than prog rock. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, um, <laughs> we shall see. Um, he's both here in a week's time and uh, see what the effect is had on you, I suppose. Do you know Absolutely. what to expect from the word prog rock, David? Well, presumably it's progressive Which means... Rock. So it's uh, I I imagine that it's sort of similar to the classic rock and roll, but with different inflections, slightly more experimental. Yeah, exactly. Um, I yeah. guess the main like yeah. um, stereotypical like idea is that you would have songs which go through different parts, so it wouldn't necessarily yep. stick to the beat and track, but 
develop yeah. and progress yeah. as it goes along. So, yeah. So for instance, um, I suppose with a lot of popular music, um, the song will stay on the same key or you'd have yeah. a very pronounced key change. Um, with prog rock, keys will blend, um, modes will change, uh, songs are pulled to their longest extents as opposed to their shortest extents. Hmm. So it's not unusual okay. in prog rock for songs to fill a whole side of an album, for instance. Um, and they become All almost right. like orchestral movements as opposed to yeah. uh, three-minute pop songs. It could actually be a song with subtitles of the different movies. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, for instance, I mean, this like sounds ultimate, quite up my alley in a way. <laughs> so, I mean, like ultimate prog rock bands, I suppose. Uh, Genesis are definitely up there. Um, the likes of Yes, mm-hmm. um, Pink Floyd, Rush, um, King Crimson. Yeah, definitely King Crimson, Rush at their early um, stages, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like for instance. We're talking about sort of um, progressive rock landmark tracks, I suppose, and you know, along with landmark bands, uh, you've got um, the likes of uh, the two one one two suite of songs, which takes up the uh, whole first side of the two one one two album by Rush. Uh, yeah. You've got Echoes, which takes up the whole side of the Metal album. Um, Roundabout, I think, takes up nearly a whole side of um, the Yes album that is part of. But I can't remember what Yes album it is. It's a long time since I've listened to Yes. Um, yeah, I'm you get sure. the general I'm idea. The best songs like huge outside the album too. <laughs> it's one of those ones. It's a belter of a song. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess like uh, a lot of prog is pretty narrative driven too, and yeah, it tends yeah. to lend itself to fantastical tropes. Like your Lord of the yeah. Rings references um, or sci-fi, yeah, yeah, for sure, um, yeah. But so. anyway, I feel that's as good a grounds uh, to leave things for now. Uh, so yeah, you have been listening to the Album of the Week podcast. Um, this episode has been uh, centered around the album "Hypocrisy um, Is the Greatest Luxury" by the Disposable Heroes of Hypocrisy. Um, and yeah, we'd fully, fully, fully recommend if you haven't already listened to the album and take in the themes, you know, see where you can make yourself better in, you know, this crazy world that we live in, because we've all got to go back out there at some point and, you know, we might as well go back into a better world than a worse one. Just a thought. Uh, but yeah, next week we will be covering, uh, the album selling England by the pound by Genesis. Uh, so yeah, it's goodbye from me, uh, Martin McDonnell. I'll hand you to the other two to say their farewells. Okay. Goodbye from me, David Wiley. Ooh. Goodbye from me, Harry Heath. I haven't got anything weird to say this week. I'm sorry. <laughs>